Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome back to Scout Talk, everyone. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing pre-wipe, delayed, is it here, question mark. In addition, we got some teasers from BSG in regards to Arena. Pretty good, exciting stuff. And then finally, wipe has been confirmed. Slash. Very much not. <laughs> Very much not confirmed. The the least confirmed. It's In been fact, confirmed to be delayed. <laughs> it's been. I wouldn't even say that. It's now just a mess. Yeah. Honestly, but we'll come to it. We'll we'll come to that for sure. We'll come to it. Have you been church? What's been going on? I've been good, man. Um, got back in town. What was that Monday? Been getting back into work, which has been good. Uh, and I got to finish playing the finals because when I was out, town was still going on. It was like only a week testing, and uh, I really like that game. I mean, I, it's 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 a fun, just kind of a fun shooter game, kind of like bringing back those classic objective gaming shooting stuff and it's really chaotic and i love i love that aspect of it and uh yeah other than that just been playing um some indie games here and there but uh yeah pretty good maybe we'll talk about it later yeah exactly yeah i've been dabbling with a little bit of diablo 4 myself mm. off just you know off with a friend uh, a little bit solo but then also with a friend but uh tarkov land has been going good actually we've had you know it's been an interesting week to actually play it's been a fun week of gameplay and we finally did i had a weekly to do uh shoreline as well so i had like i can't remember how many raids it was like nine or something it wasn't that brutal like it wasn't one of the crazy ones but it was 150k xp and that finally tipped us over to level 50 so i feel quite happy with the white progress in general like i i didn't want to do kappa for sure uh the beginning of the wipe and i flip-flopped a little bit but i kind of knew i wasn't going to bother but Doing Lightkeeper and then getting to level 50 was kind of what I wanted to do in the wipe. It yeah. just feels it feels good. So now I'm sort of like, oh, you know, what now? Um, we've been killing some Bloodhounds and things like that. And um, we could talk about those as... Actually, I guess that's probably the first point about like the, the events and the situation. Because I think last time we had... <clears throat> we'd already had the bosses one and we'd had the Bloodhounds event. They turned the Bloodhounds event... Well, the actual event off where they were 100% on all the maps. Now they're at 30%. That's actually continued through until now. So while I've been playing Shoreline, it was a relatively good map for the new event, this airdrops event that's appeared. But there's also the 30% chance of Bloodhounds appearing, which was nice. And so we could hunt for those guys as well as getting the weekly done, as well as doing the airdrops thing. And it's a, a, a good map to do it on. It's actually been, it's actually been quite fun. Um, I'm actually, I, I would quite like them to leave Bloodhounds in the game, especially on mm -hmm. maps like Shoreline, because they appear at, you know, uh, apparently weather station. Although I don't didn't see them there. They appear at power, which is where I fought them mostly. They appear at the, I guess, like just over the other side of power, like the end of the sort of spine of rocks, just over the the water. So if you went like from towards power the resort and, or down, like towards the um, 
towards the oh, west, okay. actually. Like, like towards the tunnel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So if you went from Paran, you hopped over the little bridge and you went to the rock like spine there. That they spawn around there too. Uh. And and maybe there's another spot as well, I'm not sure. But um that's those are the places that I've seen them. And it it puts a bit more emphasis on those areas, which is yeah. good fun. Because nice. power station, like there aren't there isn't really anything like there's sniper scav and there's some scavs and people are doing scav killing quests. Right. They go there early wide. But then later on it kind of goes away and there's not really anything there, right? There's like some loot, but there's no quest there. Like there's quests down up here, and I guess that's next to gas stations, so that kind of drives people that way, but not really anything at power station. And I quite like the having a potential spawn chance there, because it's not even like Sanitar spawns there, right? No. Um no. and the fact that goons can also be there it's like it's, it feels much more dynamic you've got like salatar maybe the goons maybe like bloodhounds maybe i would quite like them to stay on shoreline personally but i don't know we'll see they'd have to tailor the kits a bit i mean some of them have hex grids and things so clearly you have to you know do what they do with raiders and or have done with raiders and minimize their kit but anyway so the new event which appeared before well since we did our last one because the, the previous cast was last wednesday so it's been a week and a little bit was this airdrops event that they were running. So airdrops on every map. They were coming probably every like eight minutes or something after the first sort of five or ten minutes, um, which was pretty nuts. And it was like the previous airdrops event in some ways. They did post out a picture. It was the same picture, I think. They just lifted the picture from last time and just posted it out. <clears throat> and then, but this time it was a little bit different because yeah. each airdrop only has two items inside. And it's just two weapons cases. And everyone was like, huh, like initially. But they were these sealed weapons cases, right? So it turns out they were like the pumpkins from Halloween. You had to put them in your bag and then you had to take them out of the raid and then you had to open them in your stash. And when you open them, the cases disappear. So they're not actually real weapons cases. Which, I mean, that would be, be silly if they were. But the stuff inside was kind of good. Now, unfortunately, when they first released it, as is classic VSG style, the event wasn't working properly and the cases didn't have anything in them. So I was on within an hour of, of the event launching, which was kind of cool. Um, and normally I'm like, you know, it's, it was just random chance. Um, it, it turned out that I was just happened to be on like, you know, for that stream session an hour later. So I was like getting as many cases out as I could and sort of reporting back as well on whether we could open it or not. And other people were too. And I think I opened about six uh-huh. And they were just all empty. All empty. And people were like, no, you need to put it in the sorting table. And that's how it works. It's just like, no, these ones just don't work. And then in one of the chat channels, BSG actually were confirmed basically like, yeah, it's, it's a bug and we're working on it. And even if you save them, like the ones that are broken, they will still be broken after we fix it. So you didn't really oh. lose anything by opening them up. But it's not like something that was going to get changed across all drops. It was only like from the point where they fixed it, then there was going to be loot inside. That's but interesting. It was, yeah, it was quite interesting. Like, I actually really liked the event because rather than having to sit there for 15 minutes, just like unlo- you know, unveiling every single square on the grid, it only took like two seconds, right? Because only two items in there. So yeah, it's that's just like, true. Weapons case one, weapons case two. And you're just like in the bag and off you go. It like took no time, which was really neat. But then each one was like 15 kilos and you didn't know what was in it. Yeah. So you're kind of like weighed down and it's, you're just trying to get to the exit, but obviously lots of other people are going for it. And, we did a little bit of it onwards as well, but um, yeah, I do. It was, it was it was good fun. It was really really good fun. The actual gameplay was great, but there was one part about it that I thought was probably the most interesting thing. And I, I mean, I haven't seen most people's takes on it really, so I'm not sure what other people thought. 
but you got a random selection. Like once they once they fixed it and you are getting good weapons, you got a, a gun and then a random selection of stuff. So it was like I got like a DVL a couple of times, an SV98 twice, I think, AK103, Mark 18, SA58. I think there was one. What, what else now, was there? Are the if I'm not mistaken, these are like you get the base gun and you get like mods for it as well, typically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, and I got a GL as well one time. So yeah, what you get is the basic gun, like the default gun that you'd buy off the trader. And then you get an uh, assortment of attachments that go with it to turn it into not necessarily like the meta weapon, but it's to turn it into some kind of what an looks upgraded. like a preset. Yeah, yeah, so you'll have like an SV-98. The SV-98 is the most obvious one. Because <clears throat> you get the SV and then you get like the OV stock, the handguards, da da da, right. and the, you know, the new stock. And that's you know, basically a full conversion kit up to the good SV that you get from Jaeger. And you get some meta bullets with it and then some like random meds and a bit of uh, food as well, generally, and maybe some stims. And there's like an assortment of things. But what was super interesting was this kind of like kit nature of the guns. I don't know whether I. It, it does seem like the sample of different weapons that you could get was relatively small. So somebody could have gone and just put these things together. It looked too deliberately put together to be like procedurally generated. If that makes sense. Like yeah. the kits kind of made too much sense, and the the mods made too much sense. But what it signified to me was that BSU was thinking about this in a way rather than just like, oh, you get an SV ninety eight, and then just a bunch of random other crap along with it. It's like here are the specific things to make a good gun out of this. Like someone's thought. Let's put the items with the guns that are sensible to actually build something. And it, there were very few. I think there might have been one weird thing. I think there was one. You got an. I think you got an Altor upper with the AK. Oh yeah, I got an AK one hundred two as well. I think I got an Altor upper with the AK one hundred two, which is like oh, it's the five five six AK, but then it ended up coming with like a the Meta M four upper. I think there was like a mistake there on that one. Um, I'm not sure if I did or not. I didn't actually like look specifically, but I had like two of them, and I think I. I wasn't really sure where it had come from. But um, yeah, they were like very kind of tailored. And it reminded me a little bit of what we talked about with weapons in Raid and about how you might open a crate right. up and then you get an assortment of things with it. It made me feel a little bit, well, think a bit of that, which I was like, that's actually kind of cool. Like if they're thinking about putting weapons and like an assortment kit parts together as a drop, that's sort of what I would like to see. You know, I'd like to see... In Rage, you open up a, a stock, you get a stock AKM, but then in, inside is like maybe one of the good handguards and maybe you get like 13 rounds of BP and, you know, a couple of the good rounds and then some of the lower rounds, whatever. So like, you know, early wipe or if people are just like finding stuff, you actually get some of the good rounds with it. It makes you like min-max a bit more and it's like it's much better than just finding an AKM, a TT trigger, uh, you know, an M1911 pistol grip and whatever other garbage. It's like a more sensible thought to get thought through loadout of items that come as part of a, a, a drop of some kind which i was like actually this is really cool so i like that yeah it's interesting you say that they um have the a, like it's a sensible it's not procedurally generated it's like someone went in and said these are the parts to go with this space gun mm. um because i i would have thought you know someone pitched the idea idea to me like hey we're gonna do this event you're gonna you know get gear from these weapon cases blah blah i would have thought they would have had it already like pre-assembled like the guns and whatnot and yeah it just kind of makes me, I mean, you know thinking more of the back end stuff i just i'm just curious if the uh is like for, for example for the traders when they have like these like modified uh guns that they sell you 
it's basically a um a sort of like hidden handbook within the game that has mm. like all the components of the build associated with it. Yeah. And I would just I would wonder if you could just they could just do that. Um but maybe that's not possible with the unpacking system. I'm not I'm not really sure, but any regard that aside, um the uh I yeah, I think the vent's really cool cuz and it's kind of a weird thing like okay, so on one hand I like that you as you were describing, you like you want to go in and get this case and then you loot it. You don't know what's in there. It's kind of like a loot box, but like in game in raid. Mm. Um, but it weighs <laughs> like 15 uh, kilos. So you got to take that out. And so that adds like, a, and it's like a, you know, cumbersome, what is it? Two by eight or something. Like it's kind of interesting. Um, or is it two by 10? Anyways. Yeah, there were two. So the 10, there were 10 slots with so two by five. five. And yeah, then two is, of them. yeah, yeah. So you could, in theory, and what I quite liked about that is that you could, in theory, fit them into like a scab backpack or a burkut as yeah. well. So it didn't exclude it. It wasn't like, you know, it's it's an enormous thing that you just right. can't take unless you've got like a massive backpack. It's like everybody can participate because you just put a burkut or a day pack on and you could take both of them. There are only two. I mean, there were multiple air jobs. So I was like, you could, in theory, bring the mega backpack and yeah. try and get like more than one. But I mean, they yeah. already weigh so much. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's almost like it changes the game. I mean, a game mode a bit because it's like, you know, if you really care about these rewards, um, it's like you kill, you know, you go and like, you could loot them yourself or like you could chase people down to like potentially see if they got some and then take mm. out more. Like, I don't, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. You know, it's like you're, I mean, it, it is very similar to regular Tarkov play, but it's like very like condensed down and boiled down, you know, instead of like the loot being spread across the map entirely it's just like very concentrated you know it's like you just giant grid that contains a lot of valuable loot that is just like it's all very like simplified so it's kind of interesting in that regards but i did feel that you know it is kind of sad to not be able to open it in raid and like use the things to like help you get out you know <laughs> you know what i mean kind of yeah, and I still I mean, don't know what you mean. You're, but... you're, you're kind of missing out on the, um, uh, like a little bit of the intensity. Maybe goes. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Because like, I would I would say that, you know, uh, uh, you you open. Well, I I could think one reason why they may not want to do that is because people might put the good stuff in their butts, <laughs> like the nine nine three. That might be one reason why they didn't do that i'm not really too sure but uh i mean to me i yeah there's a couple of things that you made me think about there it's like yeah normally you know everyone's saying like oh you can't carry out all the loot because it's too heavy right right well there's, this, this is quite like interesting because yeah so the case themselves they, they went through there was a weird thing and i'm not sure whether this was still the case i didn't test it prop, like properly because we didn't really have a chance to but they were 15 kilos to start with and then when they changed it and actually fixed it, the cases seemed to have a higher weight. You could sort of see how heavy they were based on what was inside. But when you pick them up, they only weighed 15 kilos to you as a player. You could like oh, click on it and say like 33 kilograms, but you put it on, no, you put it in your bag, and it was only 15. Um, hmm. But it's, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting because it's like you've got, you know, this kind of yeah, inertial dampening device basically in your backpack it's like right. 
Everyone complains because you can't take enough loot out of the raid. Oh, well, this thing is just like half the weight of what the stuff is inside. Right. So it's like this weird mechanic that sort of circumvents it and makes it feel a bit more fun than normal. But you don't know what's in there. So you can't like min-max the stuff. Like if you knew it was an SV98 drop, you might not take it, right? But right. you have to because it could be a Mark 18. You just don't know. Um, and it was, yeah, that, that's the thing that I like the most about it. It's like it, you always wanted to get out and you weren't just like, oh, well, you know, what's in this? And it's not quite the meta loadout or whatever. And you'd end up just like leaving it. It's like you can't really, within the scope of what we saw anyway, I mean, maybe you would be able to with the weight eventually if people figured out the different kit weights and stuff. But I mean, it was a short event, so no one bothered. But if you just made it like a flat 15, you can't actually see even the weight inside. You're not able to min-max that. And it's like every case feels valuable. It always feels good to get out with it. It does weigh enough, like but to get both of them, it's like 30 kilos on top of whatever your kit was already. So you're almost certainly needing to use a mule, which mm-hmm. ended up going to like 200k, by the way, because everyone was needing to use <laughs> one basically every raid. And yeah, and it drives like some interesting PvP in parts of the map that you wouldn't normally play in. Like I, got, I played a lot of Shoreline for this event and it was really cool. Like so many fights around weather station um around power around that spine bit because like you've got the blood hands there as well and there's you know there's all these airdrops dropping down like it was it was awesome i i really 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 enjoyed it i genuinely did but yeah it's like it's funny this kind of like circumventing of the space for a start and then wait as the secondary point yeah with these with these drop with these sort of like loot drops but they're not knowing what's inside there's this kind of like gambling mechanic of like oh what am i going to get like i could get mark 18 right right or or the other one, which was like, I think AK-103 was just like, I can't remember which one it was. It was either, maybe, I know, it was the, I think it was the SA-58 that was just like, awesome drop. Like, the gun is just trash, but you get, you got like 120 rounds of M993 or something. It was like absolutely wow. busted amounts of like super stupid ammo. So since then, I've just been using M993. Like, you get like MAIAP, like the... um the Mark 47 338 Lapua came with 40 bullets of <laughs> Lapua AP. Which is pretty crazy. Which is crazy. I took it out. I only got one. I took it out into the raid, and I just, I've played two raids where I looted two more crates. I played the third raid where I finally fought somebody, and I didn't get to fire it. I just died. So I didn't actually shoot any of my AP. I just died with it. But then I killed somebody else with the Mark 18 later. So actually now I still have one more. But it's just that classic thing of like, you take out the, the big, like, you know, mega cannon, and then you just don't even see the guy right. get shot in the head. <laughs> it's a classic Tarkov. But no, I, I, I really right. enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. In that regards, like I think it, I think it's a well-designed, thought-out event because it's like, like you said, you really can't, uh, or they kind of circumvent some of the natural problems, quote unquote, that they put in the game. You know what I mean? Mm. Like the weight, the inertia, and then yeah, Yeah, and then and the picking and choosing of stuff. It's like there's always a chance you're going to get something amazing, so you have to take it, even though you know most of the time it's going to be you know average or whatever. Yeah. Um, the, I guess like the one interesting thing about it is that because people were like, I was like, no, this isn't surely this is like people started talking like this is pre-wipe as soon as the crates started coming down. People were like, this is pre-wipe. This is definitely pre-wipe. Look, look what's happening. And I was like, no, this isn't pre-wipe. Like I was like, this is kind of the same. I think we looted one crate. I can't remember what my first one was, but it was something fairly normal. And I was like, look, this is the same as usual, right? Like, yeah, you get MAI. AP, but everyone has got BP anyway who's using like a mutant or an RD. Like, how different is this? Like, it's really not that big a deal. And um, as time went on, and like after fighting the, the Mark 18 and then getting like stupid amounts of, um, gosh, I've already forgotten what it's called. The the top one for like the one above M61. I literally just talked about it. Oh, M903, yeah. 
after um after getting stupid about that, I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe. Like I, I sort of my mind started to change, but then they've turned the event off and right. it turned out that it wasn't pre-wipe at all. I mean, it depends on how you define pre-wipe. Like some people, sure. some people define pre-wipe as the period of time before the wipe occurs in the late wipe once events start happening that start to skew the game's economy, which is not really how I define it. I normally define pre-wipe specifically as like, you know, we know the wipe's in a week. Like there's daily events, things are about to be one ruble really, really soon. That's me anyway. Yeah, that's usually, um, I mean, that's usually probably like the most rigid uh, definition for it would be like traders are one ruble. You know, because it's pretty... yeah pretty historically accurate and you know the next the following day or the following couple of days there's a wipe um but i guess like you know they've done like pre-wipe events in the past like you remember the scav karma event and they had like the fog events mm-hmm. and, and i think they had like a, like you know three or four days of those and then the wipe happened maybe it was five days might even been a whole week of events but it it's it, 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 it's, it's yeah. kind of just like whatever but because I mean, in some ways, like this doesn't like it. It does like affect the economy, but like it's not like long term. Uh, like in my opinion, the the BP unlocked, like those things are a bit more long term because it's like they're permanent for the remaining time. Whereas, like, yeah. sure, you get you know gun gear and ammo, but all those things are like consumable. So like, mm. they're gonna go away at some point. You know, they're not. It's not like a permanent. Uh, unlocked, I guess, but uh, um, yeah. No, the other thing, true. going back to like the looting, the crates inside a raid. Maybe another reason why I didn't want that to happen is because people might be incentivized to bring in no gear. Because, like as you said, mm-hmm. if if the loot inside is like forty five kilograms, how are you gonna take that out when you come in like thirty or whatever? So you'd go in naked, get fully geared up. It basically turned it into like a battle royale. (laughs) Which is like, kind of like contradictory to what Tarkov is aiming for, I think. So it it makes sense the way they structure it. Although I I just, I still want some type of event where like, or not even event, but like some type of like loot room in Tarkov. Kiba, Reserve, I guess Reserve kind of has this, but Maybe like March Room, but like just spawn like a really fancy looking gun, man. I really want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it would be good. I just, I hope that this is like the precursor to that kind of thing. It's like, it shows good willing and good thought process on their side, which is like, yeah, that's, that's what we're looking for. You know, we're looking for mm. good thought processes. And I like the way that this event has been put through. There isn't any like funky business with it really. And the way that the weapon loadouts have been put together, it's like, here's the base gun, but there's... Sometimes, I think there was, like, maybe a few different ways. Like, usually you got one alternative. Like, DVL, you could go loud, and then it gave you all the parts to make it silenced, and, like, this is pretty neat. Neat, I like it. You know, if they can then do that with some of the loot, uh, the dynamic loot... I mean, I don't know if dynamic loot boxes is going to have any bearing on the actual loot inside, but you can imagine them putting something like this in at some point that's vaguely related. You have a related attachments appear alongside the gun and stuff. I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's cool. Like, someone's thinking about it somewhere yeah I, I had another thought like you could do so you know how there's like three different weapon crates there's the the green wooden one mm. then there's like the weapon case one mm-hmm. and then there's like a big box. a really big black one yeah. yeah and then there's the big green one so like what if in the, the little green one uh was like a two by five you spawn like 
base guns, and then like in the weapon case, you spawn like slightly fancier guns, and then maybe in like the big green one, you could or sorry, the big uh black one, you could spawn like two slight slightly fancier guns, you know, mm. something like and maybe like Mark Room spawns like these crazy looking tricked out guns or something, but you know. Just something to like spice it up a little bit, make it like yeah. you could uh you could like um you know, have like a preference or prioritize certain crates. I mean, of course now they got dynamic crates coming in. Who knows what that's gonna look like. But I I could see a lot of different things. Like maybe you put the the more um luxurious crates in more high traffic areas and the green crates, you know, on the like the outskirts yeah. of the map or something, you know. Totally makes sense to do that, yeah. 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 Um so the other part about it, I guess, the last little bit, um, was the ammo that you got in the event came in boxes. So we've never seen oh, yeah, I did see those. AP yeah. and BS. So I see maybe BS 762 did. But yeah, there's like all of these things all came in ammo boxes. I think they just like reused the 9x18 box. I think I'm not, I, I didn't actually check, but somebody mm. said that somewhere. But anyway, like they don't have their own special box or anything. But I think those boxes are still in the loot pool now. So you can loot them. They're not, it's not like the spawn rate is like crazy or anything, but you can get them in ammo crates like places where ammo spawns you can actually still get them now it seems um and i'm not sure if you can still get the weapons crates from quests you could while the event was active i actually got two of the weapons crate like the sealed weapons crates for my weekly so after the event <laughs> was finished i like grabbed the crate and people were like oh is the event still on i was like no 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 this is like a reward for the weekly quest that we did for shoreline and then I opened up the two final ones to get the last few bits so i'm not sure if they're still in the pools in that sense i don't actually know so, like, when you went to yeah. unpack the ammo, did it, like, say, you know, 40 pieces of M993? Yeah. So it called it out. Interesting. Yeah. Said, said what it was before you opened it. You knew. Interesting. Because I was thinking maybe they, they just took, like, the 9 by 18 box and, like, when you unpack it, it you know, it's, like, preset to give you rounds. You know what I mean? Um, yeah versus them renaming the box allegedly and you know doing yeah the i thing. think the model was the same i think that was the thing i don't i yeah. think they just reused the yeah. model um but it said something different on it so you could actually tell what it was when you got it in but That's uh interesting. yeah pretty fun like everyone's like lots of people because i think a bunch of people did think it was pre-wipe so you've been seeing some like turbo geared people playing right now but <laughs> yeah. i've been playing with the g28 just because it's kind of fun, and I often I like these kind of like off-meta weapons. Right. Sometimes I got one, maybe maybe I got one in a drop or something. I can't actually remember. And I was just like playing around with it, but it's super fun because you can make that gun really light. I actually really like it. I mean, like do a bit about it because like most of the guns are just like they've got really good recoil, you know, and they're like they get down to super low recoil, but they're like a bit hefty. They're a bit heavy. Like there's that swing when you go ADS, like, and it's really hard to avoid. Like with the M1A and the RSAS, they're just like heavy guns, you know, and they feel great to shoot, but. Oftentimes you're kind of like surprised by somebody and you need to ADS and the gun's swinging all over the place. And you're like, oh God. Whereas like G28, like, yeah, it's a bit worse when you're firing at like medium distance. It like shoots up quite a lot and it takes a bit of time to come back down. A bit like the M1A actually, but without as low recoil. But the fact that you can just like snap onto targets like an M4 is, is insane. Like if you build it with the cheap, with the lightest parts, like Thunderbeast suppressor and actually all of like the non-meta parts, like the short handguard and like the basic stock, because like half a kilo lighter than the good stock. And then you put a Voodoo on it, 
and then you load it fully like 20 rounds of M903, it's four and a half kilos. So it doesn't have any of the swing on it or anything. And you can like arm stamina for days. Like I was using Meldonin and I did some testing on it and because strength has an effect on this too. So at 32 strength mm. is what I'm at. You can hold that gun up while standing for 40 seconds. It's a really long time with Meldonin on. It's a long time. Oh, you just be like scanning around. Yeah, so I think it's 30... What is it actually? I can't remember. I think it's like... Oh, it's, it's, I've got it written down somewhere, but it's, um, it's kind of like you, you can hold the... You can hold the D20 up like eight seconds longer than the RSAS or something like that. Um, maybe it's not that much. Maybe it's like five seconds. But then you get like another eight seconds from having Meldonin on. Just a half tick of stamina just allows you to hold it up that extra amount of time. And also because things like the heavier guns, they drain the stamina quicker and the Meldonin is like a plus 0.5 flat. If the stamina drains more slowly to start with, that means that you get even more time to hold up the gun because... You know, imagine it only drained half a point of stamina. Well, you'd have an infinite stamina then at that point. So like the closer you get to zero, actually the, it makes it like even even better. It's not just proportional. It's like even better. You know, it's like, I think on the RSAS, it allows you to hold it for like 27% longer or something. And with the G20, it's like 35% longer. So something along those lines, because it's like it's got an even bigger effect on an even bigger amount. So it's like doubly as big. It's like double as good. So I was like using Meldon every time and just being able to snipe people with that, which is really cool. But um, seen, yeah, it's like... I've seen people pop SJ6s, I think, of the blue stem makes you red mm. feather for sniping, which, like, when I saw that, I was like, that's weird, why is he doing that? Like, oh, like, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't even know, like, I'm not even sure if your stamina would go down. Like, not in any sensible way. Mm. Like, it would take minutes, it would take literal minutes if you had an SJ6 on. Like, you probably, your stamina probably wouldn't run out by the time the stim was off. I wouldn't have thought. Because how long is SJ6? Like, three minutes or something? Two, but I'm not sure. Two minutes, two minutes. Yes, yeah, so you probably wouldn't run out, right? Like if Meldonian's like nearly a minute on its own, like 40 seconds. With SG6, I just think there's there's no way. But yeah, there's been some like turbo geared people, but because of getting these drops with the foul, I've like, you know, cleanly gone straight through somebody's forehead with the Bastion class six plate on because we've got M903 in the gun, and there's a guy who like ran up on us with Zabralo and just like beamed him, like multiple slicks. Like people are bringing out the good stuff because a lot of people did think it really was proper pre-wiper but i don't i don't think i don't think it is um and then yeah now they've turned the event off and now we have no events we're gonna have to see if anything comes this weekend before we can kind of make any more predictions or whatever i i did um, hear an interesting theory in regards to the event that some people were speculating that the kits were arena kits are you uh mm -hmm. in that camp I did hear this. I thought it could be an interesting. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, like, may, like maybe. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't think so necessarily. I don't know why they would need to be in the drops. I don't know what that would be testing or anything. Or maybe you like pick them up in raid and then you can use them at another time. I don't well, really know. I, I just assume it was like them, you know, hinting at something. You know what I mean? Like teasing. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like, like some. Hidden secret message in the bottle type of stuff. Yeah, it could be. I I don't think so, but I mm -hmm. could see it maybe. Um, so, should we? I mean, should we just talk like? Because this is kind of sort of on on that. I was going to talk about some other stuff about. Actually, we could talk about arena first. That's fine. We could talk about arena. So, you I assume you saw the announcement about 
the pro team testing arena mode. I don't know if they're BSGHQ or anything like that, but and they then, had Virtus Pro come in yeah. and test them out. Now, I think you're a bit more plugged into like the pro scene of these things than me. And I read around a few places because I just assumed it would be like the CS team or something. Somebody yeah. else said somewhere that it was like the Rainbow Six guys. Somebody else said somewhere that some of the players weren't even like necessarily on any active roster, but were just affiliated with the, like with the group. Too, yeah. Like, do you know? Do you know who like who they were? Mm, or any any of the no? Players I mean, the only VP team I like, you know, kind of recognize is like the Dota two teams. That's like probably an outdated roster. Like, I didn't see Pasha on there. <laughs> I think that's the only one I could think. Maybe mm. Ramses is probably another one. But uh, I mean, I made the joke. I think it was Hayes that said something about it, and I was like, "Oh, bro, they they <laughs> they use the Dota two team test arena." But no, I didn't recognize any of the people. I also kind of assumed it was CS. Like I did, that was my assumption. I'm not really familiar with CS rosters these days, especially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I'm not sure who they are, but like somebody said that there was some Rainbow Six dudes and and whatever. But like, either way, the community's kind of like split. The the first initial take from a lot of people was just like, "What are they doing? Why are people who are not?" You know, Tarkov players, why are they testing this thing first? Like, what's going on? Like, blah, blah, blah. That was, like, the first take for most people. And then the community kind of, like, took a breather and then split more into, like, we're enraged that we didn't get to try it first versus <laughs> the other side, which was, like, hold on a minute, right? This is supposed to be kind of the esports-ready title. You know, it makes sense to have players yeah. from outside of Tarkov come to play this thing because that's probably their target audience for the damn game, right? Like, all the people from yeah. Tarkov are going to try Arena anyway. So if you're thinking about your new player base, you want somebody from CS, somebody it's... from Siege, you want them to come try it. If it's truly an esports-targeted game, then, yeah, you want people who compete in esports. I mean, yeah, you, you want their input, definitely. Exactly, because, like, the Tarkov gamers, you know, the dudes at the top level are clearly very, very good. But, like, Tarkov's not an eSport. So it's just a different vibe, right, when you've got people with a different mentality. I think it's good to get an outside opinion. You know, there's yeah, a like, the there's, hive mind within like each community. There's, two different so. values there, for sure. The value of yeah. them being, like, you know, eSports players kind of know what they want, I guess, or, or, like, they think they do, at least, I would imagine. And, um... You know, they're usually like good like determiners of like, hey, this this would be you need to change this. This is not like this doesn't feel good. This isn't, you know, very like competitive yeah. friendly. This is pretty broken, things like this. But uh then you also as yeah. you said, you also get the outside opinion as well. It's like an outsider, that's pretty valuable as well. Mm. It'd be interesting to see what they th- I'd I'd love to know what they said oh, about 100%. stuff and like how honest they were. Because there were certain things that they may well just be like, look, this isn't competitive and Right. You might be like, oh, but we quite like this feature. And just like, no, this feature sucks for a competitive game. Like, no, yeah. you can keep it in your, you know, sweaty Milsim cosplay version of the game if you want, but don't like keep it away from the competitive scenes. Like, It'd be interested to see what they said. I haven't played Siege, so I don't really know what it's like, but I was under the assumption it was going to be the CSGO team. And so I was like, really hoping they were going to talk about Inertia. Be like, hey, this feels really bad. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I, anytime I talk about Inertia, I always reference CSGO. It's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not sure. Genuinely, I'm not really sure. Um, there was a little piece of extra color because, like, a lot of people were. There's just a lot of people just chatting mad crap um, <laughs> across yeah. the social medias. But there was. Uh, it was actually Wait I'm Cheating who posted probably like the first like base 
tweet that I saw on this topic, <laughs> honestly. And he he's he wrote so like big. he wrote like, man, part of me wishes talk of Twitter wasn't so out of touch. Getting a new set of eyes on the game is never bad. We haven't even seen what it's really like. Why have an opinion on something you haven't experienced? And um, Applezor Daniel, one of the community managers, he he wrote to add a little bit onto this one from the list of players who participated in the testing. A few of them have 2,000 plus hours in Tarkov as well, thus they were able to provide all-rounded feedback, which was good. And I think that helped people feel a bit better about it from those, some of those who are a bit butthurt. I mean, obviously some people are just going to be mad. You know, they're just going to stay mad no matter what. But for those reasonable people out there who didn't like it, because, you know, if you don't like the idea of the outsiders, um, the outsiders, them with a capital T, coming and testing it first, then fair enough. Um, but at least it's like, you know, there's a bunch of these guys that do actually play, have played before, and understand what the game's about, like have enough hours to know the flaws or whatever. And it's probably good to get a mixture actually, even there. It's like some people who are that play Tarkov enough, but are not Tarkov mains, people who don't play Tarkov at all, but are esports players. Like that's actually an interesting mix more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's very cool weird was cool. seeing some of these takes out there. <laughs> um I mean I, I don't really know when I'm cheating, but I was kind of surprised. Because it's very, for me, it's very easy to lump a lot of these, like, uh, PvP bros. Yeah. yeah. It's very easy to put them in, like, a a bubble or a box. So he kind of, like, broke that, which is always good um, for myself. So, yeah, that was, I mean, I thought that was, Um, I don't know, man. People are weird. (laughs) People are weird. Or, Or just farming engagements, one or the other. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like about the whole pre-wipe thing. Because I'm just like, maybe I should have just, you know, maybe I'm doing, maybe I'm just doing my job wrong, right? Like if I'm if I'm making content, I should be just like, guys, it's definitely pre-wipe. <laughs> you know, like and subscribe. You know, you heard it here first. It's 100 percent pre-wipe. It's like feed into the hype. I just can't do that. You know, you do that, and then when you're inevitably wrong, right? Then you do an apology video, so you're <laughs> doubling up on the content, and then you beg for likes and subs afterwards. You know, it's 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 a win-win. Dude. I promise I'll do better next time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, uh, I'm serious. This time for real, confirmed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I. I I think there's some of that as well. I did think this. I was just like, so many people, oh, so many people just being like, it's like free wife, let's go. Um, but it was actually, I think Nice Guy actually did say like, I don't think this is free wipe. Uh, and then he, it was in one of his other videos. Uh, it was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is this is free wipe. It's like the pattern doesn't really fit because I, when I was talking to my chat about it, I was just like, well, we still, I think we still have a Chronicles of Rishi left too, and yeah. I don't know, like, it just doesn't feel the right time, and, like, I was expecting, like, other stuff to come or whatever, but, um, like, anyway, back to Arena, because we'll talk about that other stuff in a sec, like, back to Arena, it's, um, it's good to know that it is in a playable state, at least, because that's what that tells us, right? It's playable, and they can show it to outside people who aren't just going to laugh, although maybe they're under NDA not to laugh publicly, (laughs) so who knows, but it's, you know, it's, it's in a state where they feel comfortable showing people outside the community, at least, about the game. So, I mean, it's probably not that far away from the first set of testing, I wouldn't have thought. Um, and if I was going to guess, and this is under the assumption that we have six monthly wipe cycles, regardless of you know, when the timing is or whatever, but like if we have six monthly wipe cycles, if I was BSG, I would probably release it in October or something like that. You know, once the wipe has died down, then you release Arena, get everybody excited, and then you drop like a big content patch in, in December. 
for like patch 14 or something. Yeah. That to me makes tactical sense, right? Because it's like you don't really want all these players from the esports scene turning up, testing out this new game to play in the middle of like the most like cluster of technical fix period the Tarkov's ever going to be going through, which is suspected to be the case with the whole changes to the networking and unity and desync and culling and yada 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 right you know that's that would be terrible timing if they're thinking about it sensibly this next four months whenever it comes should really be that fixed period and then you build up the hype with arena and then you drop the big content patch and people are now interested in tarkov they've been playing arena and they're just like hell maybe i'll just try the out the base game right there's been a huge patch come for it like everyone's excited about the game strategically that seems like it makes a lot of sense me that's what i would do if i was bsg yeah i mean it makes sense to me i really you mean you present a good case so arena confirmed in uh october <laughs> right like... <laughs> yeah i mean i kind of feel like arena's coming into this year but i don't know yeah. it's it's always just so questionable uh, i don't know we'll see yeah we don't we don't really know. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think Arena will be cool. I'm actually quite looking forward to it. So the other piece of news, which sort of ties in, because we keep sort of alluding to Wipe and stuff, because a lot of people are talking about it. I get like just peppered in my chat constantly by people asking about when Wipe. And um, as, is, as is natural, I, I can't blame anybody for asking and whether there's any cheese. Because like, a lot of people just don't keep up with all the social media. Like it's quite funny yeah. as a as a content you're you're in a weird position <laughs> as a Tarkov creator because you're like in the middle of the hub of all this stuff right there's all these random things going on there's like Tarkov Twitter like if you unless you're like permanently online you don't necessarily see everything that's happened yeah and so as a creator you're kind of like that hub of information because there isn't like a centralized hub of info for everything like yeah you could go to Nice Guys channel or whatever but like he's he's going to tell you like the most important things you won't necessarily get like oh, well, this guy thinks this, this guy thinks that, this guy right. thinks this. It's like, it's just, it's just a different thing. So depending on what people you're, are asking for in particular, you're kind of like this like centralized like knowledge source right. about just like you're the like, state of the game. Your job is Tarkov. Like you're plugged, you're probably more plugged in than the average person. So they kind of look oh, to yeah. you to like get some of their, yeah. For makes sure. sense. Which, which makes sense. And it's different from another game. It's just like, oh, did you see like, and everybody's read like the Valve update on Dota 2. It's just like, okay. Whereas, like, not everybody's seen the Virtus Pro thing. Not everybody's seen, like, this random message that came to on Discord. Like, not, you know, this is, like, it's so fragmented that the creator is yeah. actually really important. I kind of only thought about this relatively recently when people started, like, pestering me with, like, when wipe questions. And I was just like, there's a reason why this is the way it is, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. um, which is pretty funny. But anyway, so the new piece of information that has come out is there is a BSG affiliated, I guess you would call it, Sponsored. tournament from the hunt yeah so i guess like i guess sort of like sort of sponsored, sponsored and like supported and affiliated yeah because yeah. <laughs> this is the thing there was um oh, i shall say that in a sec i'm getting off off topic so the hunt uh have brought back a new tournament well i don't know if it's a series but just a new tournament it's called amped and it's basically a pvp labs tournament it's a bit like was it punisher 3 was that the one that was the labs tourney yeah i think, I think so or no it Punisher 3 was Factory. What was it Factory? Think, what was the Labs tourney? I think it was, I know that, was that one. I'm pretty sure that was Punisher 2. It might have even been Punisher 1. Oh. Okay. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Wait, no, but Punisher 1 was Factory, I think, wasn't it? Maybe it was Punisher 2. I, I, I don't remember. 
But um, anyway, so the hunt amped. It's got 144 people. There's two events on two days. Participants will play on private servers, and that's kind of one of the BSG-affiliated things, right. right? It's like it's private servers like we saw for that Labs tournament where all the players are all together. When you're queuing in, you're only queuing in against those people, and presumably you'll get given an account of some kind. I think like right. previously, it was like everyone got a level 40 account. You'll probably get 42 now, and everybody had like 20 endurance and 20 strength or 30 endurance, 30 strength, or something along those lines. So everybody started on the flat scale. Everyone got the same amount of money. Everyone's got access to level four traders, and you decide what to buy. I think it's a really interesting tournament System, yeah. but obviously right now only bsd can set these things up because yep. you've got to log into special accounts that are created for the event or whatever so custom accounts provided by bsg and so the the and this is the part which is like i'm actually i'm actually a bit sad because um not that i would really do very well anyway but i kind of wanted to try it but um on the 15th i'm actually already busy unfortunately so that's the eu date but what this tells us more about for the wipe or at least like makes us think about for the wipe is that the na event north america event is on the first of july and then the yeah. eu event is on the 15th of july right and which I, makes it really awkward and like even like the spacing is kind of confusing because i it almost makes it seem like from the first through the 14th there's like a you know series of matches being played and then the na sections over and then they're gonna do the EU section. I mean, and I, I could, I'm, that's just like kind of how I read it. I'm probably totally wrong. I don't know much about it. It's maybe it's just like a single day tournament. I have no idea. Um, Seems to be, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's three hours. Each yeah, event okay. is three hours. I guess. So like, but yeah. Why they? I don't know. It's just kind of a weird time to. That's like a big space. Maybe just just scheduling yeah. had to work out like that. Who knows. Exactly. So there's a few different takes about... Well, actually, I say there's a few different takes. There's basically the take I've seen from most people, and then my take, <laughs> which is a lot of people, including Nice Guy, have said they don't think the wipe will be until at least the 15th of July, until after it's finished, because doing the wipe before the tournament means that players have to take time away from the wipe to play the tournament. Now, right. I haven't seen anybody play the counter-argument, which is, I'm not sure whether that necessarily gives us such a safe window. I'm not, I just, I don't know. Like, it's only three hours long. For a start, it's not like you know a multiple week series with qualifiers and all of this other stuff. Like it's a three hour just free for all hill fest, and then everyone can go back to playing the wipe, right? Like I, I don't, I'm not sure if it, yeah. if a three hour block dictates like oh the wipe can never be in this two week period, and because this is coming up, like now we can't have it at the end of this month. I think all actually right. I think nice guy said like it needs to be the, either this week or middle of july or later is kind of what he said so it could be soon i suppose but i don't know i'm just i don't rule it out personally i'm not sure if the event is important enough or long enough or disruptive enough for people to have them not wipe if that's part of their plan um but i mean it could be as well i mean i, I also i'm not one for thinking that the wipe was going to be super super soon as i said last time like my random guess was the 13th which actually coincides fairly closely to the event the end of the eu event so 
it wouldn't actually be outside of what I'd said previously, but I just don't think people should completely rule out the fact that it might happen. There was one other thing separately that someone pointed out to me, which was the quest, the very first quest that came through for these events was the bosses quest, 100% bosses. And it was called Hint. And everyone was like, oh, right. is this a hint for the wipe, right? Hint doesn't really relate to anything. I read the quest dialogue. It doesn't really relate to much. Then you, it gives you the unlock. This is like a proper tinfoil. It gives you the unlock of PvP <laughs> ammo. And right. PvP ammo is selling for 701 rubles. Oh, so someone my was just God. Like, <laughs> no. Someone was like, is it the 1st of July? Is that, it does, is that what it means? I mean, I don't know, dude. I don't know. And it says, okay, it says hint, right? I'm convinced more now than ever you need to make a YouTube video about why. Because A, you convert all those chatters to, to views, basically. So, like, otherwise they're not really... I guess they're watching your stream, so it's, like, some, you know, benefits for you, but... <laughs> yeah. And now you got a great theory, dude. Speculation. Yeah, and then when you, when you complete the quest, he says... He says, like, what hoods, what marks, what foreigners? Are you high? Why did you kill them? Whatever, the job's done and that's it. Others will get the hint, I imagine. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, like, maybe it's hinting more at Arena. Oh, wait, know. no, no, because that's the bosses, right? I was thinking yeah. of the Bloodhounds. That's the bosses. Man. Yeah, I don't know. That's so anyway, that was dialogue. That it's was, so, like, vague. Yeah, that was someone's theory in my chat. I was like, ah, oh, could be. I mean, I kind of like it. I want it to be true. I just like the fact that it says at the end, it's just like, others will get the hint. Right. Like, mm. But oh. like, the... Where else is... Where is the hint located at, you know? Is it in the ammo? The ammo... No, it's the ammo price. It's is the it, special it reward. The reward. Gotta be to do with the special reward. Because you get like some vectors and stuff for completing it. Like a vector, like there were two tricked out vectors and then a bunch of magazines and then the unlock of PvP at Skier 1. Like that's the headline unlock. You know? Yeah. And then it's like 701 rubles. Hmm, I don't know. No, I think it's, I think it's full on tinfoil. I don't think that's like, I still stick with my kind of like later on, like halfway through July well, prediction, to be honest. But I thought it was interesting. I mean, here's, here's the thing is... There's going to be drops for this tournament as yes, well. Yes, that too. Which, if we're going along with the idea of wipe on the first, let's say, that's not really a bad thing because you, like, if you're playing the game regularly, you get drops. And then if you're playing this tournament, you get drops. Or, like, there's, I guess the tournament itself has drops. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it kind of, like, uh, I don't know. It kind of makes sense. In a way, maybe maybe the individual streamers would also get drops or whoever's participating. I don't know. It, but it kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, like that one makes a bit le like the, to have it on the first, the wipe itself, and then also the NA event also on the first. That does feel a bit too much. Well, like, here's um, the thing. If they didn't have drops for this uh, tournament and they did the wipe on the first, no one's going to watch the tournament, right? So, yeah. like, now you have drops for the tournament. It's, like, okay if you watch the tournament. You know what I mean? Mm. But I don't know how much... I don't know. It's it's possible. I'll say that. But 
yeah i don't i don't know i don't know i'm i mean still i'm still in the camp mid-july but like i have been the whole time but i thought that was an interesting one and um yeah we will we will see uh it's just it's added a bit of like there's so, so many people though have just said like basically that this is it like we're done until the 15th and i think with this event ending as well and nothing yeah. else coming straight away everyone's like okay it was a false start with pre-wipe there's a this tournament's happening so we're not getting anything for another three weeks or so man i definitely thought that prior um especially because like I, everyone was saying that and then i just sort of assumed that uh the first and 15th was like uh there was gonna be games played in between like a league you know mm-hmm. so did i yeah um but now it's just weird man i just don't understand why you would have na division on the first right which is a saturday and then you're gonna skip a whole week and then do the next saturday for eu for three hours slot and it's over like this it, you know what i mean it's kind of weird right yeah i don't know why it's so far like, apart. I usually, like if anything you would do three hours in the early mornings, you know, for EU, and then like three hours in the evening for NA. Yeah, maybe on the same I'm... day. You could even break it up on, on you know, Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. I mean, it's just you know, it's just so weird. Yeah, you could. I could actually imagine like now. Now we're thinking that I could actually imagine a situation where because the timing is like the way that they put it out. I could imagine a situation where the NA event happens. Right. And then the wipe <laughs> happens overnight. Yeah. And then people now have two weeks thinking. to play the wipe. And then the EU event happens. Because right. if the EU event is only three hours, two weeks after the wipe starts, right. okay, that's not that big a deal, right? Because it's two weeks later. Like two, like two weeks is a really long time when yeah. you're playing the wipe. Like yeah. the first couple of days matter a lot and the first week because people are just like, actually permanently glued to the computers especially like anybody who's you know competitive or grating or whatever but um and then chat says yeah but the drops for the any event would be useless like yes kind of yeah they would be um maybe they could be different drops i don't know actually, but no, we oh, would be useless because they all get wiped straight away wouldn't it dude i don't know yeah that's the thing why would know. you do drops like who's gonna care about drops this late you know what Pre-wipe, i mean and yeah wipe? like i dude. think nice guy said in his vid that they have done like late drops for stuff before, apparently, but like no one's going to care now. Like it's way too late, right? We're all expecting a new white. Like no one's going to sit there for the drops, surely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I unless, the, it is, unless the drops are like you know, you get a permanent Twitch drops cosmetic unlocked, then yeah, maybe people will actually care. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. This this was the other thing. Um. And say fuck it. Now I forgot. <laughs> I hate it when that <laughs> happens. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Damn it, it is a lot. A lot. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> chat was saying. I think it's during the first tournament when the servers are down. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. The. uh the other thing I was assuming is that this was going to be like a pub pub event, like you like not private servers, like it was going to be. Oh, right. So which also kind of fueled this idea, like oh, wipes going to not be till after the fifteenth, right? But since it's private mm-hmm. servers, it's like not that bad. 
that you know you can like wipe the game and then you that it's still okay to have yeah like... exactly yeah like people have been saying it's like you could have the tawny run while they're patching the game right because just... you could play it on the old on the old version you know yeah for example uh... oh, and also yeah it's it's not your character it's someone else's character so you don't need to prep Wait. for the event like yeah. what was that evasion one that was like brutal where you had to have one loadout for the whole run or something it was that the i think that was the qualifier for one of the evasion tourneys people had like a slick in their bag so they could replace it and like people spent millions on that qualifier to try and get through whatever it was i can't remember the exact details but that was that was entertaining but that was obviously people using their actual live accounts rather than this one where yeah it's three hours on a throwaway so you just do your best and then you go back to playing the game yeah i guess i'm not sure if three hours matters that much especially if the timing works that like it does you know I guess you would need to do NA for on the first. Once that's concluded, then you can wipe because people have to update their games. And then you would have to have the EU be on that new client. Yeah, you would. So if you were going to wipe, it has to be... Uh after and i guess it could be before but that just seems really unlikely yeah. maybe it is before it's also, it's also a bit risky to wipe with like a technical patch and then have a tawny like two weeks later like it yeah damn, damn better be well. fixed <laughs> i don't know man i really the like complicates the... all of this is that you've got unity and the patch 13 yeah. 10 as like two separate components like are they coming together like who knows right. we don't know <laughs> I'm really biased. I just love the the chatter that came up with the seven zero one theory. I love that. So I just want that to happen as much as possible. But I know that's like my favorite thing now. I don't. It's just really what's what's just mind boggling me is the Twitch drops. That's just the one that's really confusing for me. It's the one piece of the puzzle that doesn't make a lot of sense. And the split updates. I don't know. Maybe there's a good reason for it. Outside of like any wipe theory, you know, maybe it's just like. People playing can only actually play on the 15th. I don't know. Yeah, this is the the big thing. And this, I think this is why a lot of people have said, like, yeah, it has to be after. Because it just doesn't, like, you can't make it all line up and make sense, right? You can't fit in the wipe two events, like a fortnight apart, and drops, and make it all be logically coherent with a wipe date prior to the 15th. I think that's why people are saying that it just can't be before then because it just doesn't make sense. I'm just saying sometimes things don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> this won't be the first time. You know, I just think of that gif. You know, the guy at the the hangman's thing, and he just says, "You know, first time." Like you know, <laughs> it just makes me think of that. Like, <laughs> sorry, run that, run that by me again. Why? What was the theory there? Or what well, was what, the well, so, oh, so, so the reason why I think most people think right. that it must be the fifteenth or later, right? It's because you. It's very difficult to fit. A wipe, two events that are two weeks apart, competitive, yeah, yeah, and drops all in that same time period in a like sensible and logical order. It's very <sighs> hard to actually make it work, you know, yeah. in a way that makes everybody care about the drops, but right, also want to right. play the tourney and it not be early, it's like super early wipe, right? And also, it's you know patched with technical fixes and stuff. It's just like, yeah, it is, it confusing. is kind of yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't know. 
I don't know either, man. Clueless on that one, dude. But they could just do it. They could just go crazy and just do it, you know? Oh, any event, and then boom, here's the wipe. Let's hope it's fixed in two weeks' time. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I really they like wait too that long. Theory. <laughs> yeah. If they wait too long, then it'll be a really long wipe. You know, if they wait till the end of July, it'll start to be seven months. It'll start to get really long at that point. I can't imagine it'd be much later than the end of July, but like, who knows? And who knows how it's all going their end, right? They're like, this is going to be a technical patch in some sense. Right. I mean, there's a possibility that, you know, everything's basically good to go and they've already tested it. You know, there's probably still bugs, but they tested what they, they saw what they could see. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Exactly. uh, But I don't know. Yeah. The question for me still is whether we're going to get Unity and 1310 all at once. I, I genuinely thought they were going to be separate. But as time goes on, like I'm not sure. Somebody was saying, like, oh, maybe they can't update Unity at all without a wipe because it's like completely different game version. I was like, I don't know though. I'm not sure if that's like set in stone because I'd always assumed that Unity would come first and then the patch itself would be the wipe. But Unity could be the wipe first, I guess, and they could patch it after. It just seems to make less sense to me that way. They could come together. It's possible. It's possible. But I don't know, man. All it's right. a crazy time. But Enough. yeah, look. Otherwise, it's been going. It's been, it's been going well. Talkie's actually like it's pretty good, honestly, with the with the airdrop thing. I think everybody had a good time. So that's kind of livened up the community a little. Like people aren't complaining too much about the lack of wipe actually, um, compared to normal. I would say like sometimes there's a real fever for it, but this time people are sort of interested. I think it's because it's intriguing and like no one really knows what's happening. I've seen one. <laughs> one post but i think it was more of a uh a meta joke about asking wind's wipe you know oh <laughs> i can't remember who said it but they got a yeah. like for me <laughs> mm-hmm. so the ancillary topics i suppose where do you want to begin you were telling me about dark and darker oh yeah they um I don't know, man. I haven't kept up with it in a while. Like the, you know, the copium supply. I haven't really <laughs> been huffing it. But I watched like one video, one pegs, not too long ago, and then most recently, um, there's this chatter about it getting dim- dismissed in the U.S. courts. Like it seems likely that's going to happen, and then which could mean at some point, maybe not immediately, but Steam will relist it. Back on Steam, I, I, you know, everything's going to be fine and sweet and dandy and, you know, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting one with the community over there because it's like everyone's desperate to play the game, but the game right. might just be deleted and that's it. It's like, it's a funny one, right? It's like, <laughs> some people like, oh, you know, in the talk of community that like, we just want VST to do better, da, 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 but you can still play. It's like a lot of people just like... We may never play this game. This game might not see light today. It might just get killed, and that's it. Which yeah, is pretty crazy. You can see why people are hoping. Yeah, I think that's the darkest timeline. I mean, hopefully, I just I hope at the bare minimum the game resembles some shape and form of what it is. You know, like it's there's there's something to play. Uh, yeah. I think that's the worst outcome. You know, maybe. 
maybe it sucks that Nexon wins and they got to pay like royalties or whatever, like all that, or, you know, they can't do certain things. All that sucks, but at least there's something there. Whereas having it completely maybe <laughs> removed, it'd just be, it'd be a pretty cool moment in history though. Gaming history. <laughs> like if yeah. that happened, but no, I did see some of one Piece coverage on it as time's gone on. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's, I haven't seen much about it re- like super recently until I started seeing the posts about like, oh, maybe it's going to get thrown out. So who knows? But there seems like there's some kind of like, I don't know, argument that uh, I think it was to do with the fact that the games were like materially different or something. I think there was like in Nexon's original plans, there wasn't anything concrete about extracting or something. So like the games are maybe different enough. That it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't know. Um, I heard I'm, something I like, yeah. Like they, they're gonna get an independent third party to look at the codes of the, the original project, Nexon's project, and then this project and like compare them and mm. see if there's any like true plagiarism or, or whatever. I, I I can't remember if that was in this recent update or previous one, but anywho, it's it's a it's an interesting thing. <laughs> Yeah. It's just finally then, the people can, you know, take that they can no longer it's like it's like they're on the cusp of like being like, ha, we're not copium huffers. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. Because it does seem right quite the close. Time. Yeah. <laughs> there was something else like a couple of weeks ago, which was about the main guy, because he had like a bunch of the files and was like using them at home, whatever. And then they like accused him of like deleting a load of stuff. I think, but then it was like a part of his contract that if he left, he had to delete everything that was company property. So he's like, well, I just did what it said in the contract, you know? It's like yeah. all of this is this back and forth legally. It's a crazy situation. Yeah. Um, I think like Peg was saying that even if it goes through and does get dismissed, then Steam may not actually list it back up, unfortunately, because right. there could be an appeal and then they could have to take it down again. So they'll probably wait until like the very final, you know, there is no turning back moment before bringing it back. So I don't know, maybe it'll be, everyone will be on the torrents. <laughs> so wild dude you know what's funny is i downloaded the turrets and updated the game even the patches but i never played it once but i did all the work to even maintain the game and keep it up to date yeah that's funny so weird so weird yeah let's hope that that comes out um that'd be pretty cool like yeah the people have been playing all sorts of different games right now like you can see the the talk of like streaming community just playing like everything it kind of started with daisy but there's been a ton of different games that have come out right and it's been just just insane have you actually have you played any battle bit i have not i've watched some videos well edited some videos (laughs) um and it looks i you know i kind of want to get on in on it especially while it's like hot you know what i mean same because i haven't played it either yet and i've seen some stuff about it but i have like kind of sort of purposefully kept away from it a little bit because I feel like I kind of want to experience it myself and it's cheap enough that you can just pick it up and, yeah. and try it out because I might play it next week on stream a bit because if there's no events or anything like I was actually I nearly did it on Thursday mm-hmm. um, but I ended up having I had like a delivery come so I was going to start late anyway and I, like, I hadn't set it up by the time that I started and I was like I'm not going to faff around with this now so I, but I might stream some next week I might do like half and half like start with talk a bit and then play it a little bit just to see because I've not seen, it's one of those things where I've not seen anybody say anything bad about it so far, which is always a very, very good sign. And everyone who's playing it seems to be having a great time. So I think yeah. I can pick that up. I know, I know Airwing, I've seen a lot of him 
talking about battle bit and doing like ridiculous two thousand kilometer sniper <laughs> shots and stuff, right? It's like it's it's what he loves to do. Yeah, he but it he looks pretty cool. He loves it uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to a point where it might even be obsessive. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it's it's a cool. It's I mean it's basically Battlefield mm. meets Roblox if you want to like super simplify it. Uh, but not really <laughs> but it's it's a cool thing because it's it's kind of like this return to you know the classics but in this in the lens or scope of an indie developer you know it's not like this yeah. crazy graphical triple like rtx ray tracing 3d frame generation you know multi multiple tessellation google splex you know it's just like mm -hmm. let's keep it simple let's do something doable let's focus more on the gameplay and they are and be i guess because it's a it's a lot more simpler i don't know if it uses voxels or not but there is like some destructibility i've seen but yeah. uh you can have like 124 wait 127 versus 127 players in a match something like that yeah that's insane dude that's insane i don't know of like any other game that can reach those numbers because i don't think like the servers could support it <laughs> like yeah, the traffic i mean I, I don't know I, I i would assume because it's like generally a simpler game it can support outside of the graphics stuff right but like you know. that's the thing it's like how much more complicated is battle bits networking to say something like battlefield like is it is the networking specific piece any would, more simple like i, I don't would, know like graphically sure but i mean I the networking is networking right i would assume the physics getting the physics to match up um like ragdolls for example you know what i mean like the, the i mean there's some stuff that doesn't really matter you could probably do client side but i guess for the things that do matter like it's yeah. just more complex. Yeah, uh, that maybe. would be that That's would be true. one thing. Um, I don't know what the bullets are like. Okay, I'm assuming they're not hit scan, but if they are hit scan, then that should be less network trafficking. Maybe not the same amount. Maybe not uh, less information. Or, or data maybe some i don't know i'm i'm yeah, really i'm really talking out of my ass here so like someone <laughs> yeah. someone in the comments can uh <laughs> shed some light on this stuff I mean, yeah i really don't know but i i do like the principle of you know we're going to make a game that's really really basic in the graphical sense yeah so that it's really easy to run really fast to run and we're just going to focus on the gameplay and not focus too much on like performance and things because there's so many games now that struggle with that and it's yeah it's just yeah just bring it back you know people clearly enjoy the gameplay for what it is and the, the graphics like as long as you can immerse yourself the graphics stop mattering a lot of the time in many of these it things really like, even in, even in things like you know i've played like of my fair share of minecraft i've played a lot of that game and you just don't even see it after a bit because everything your brain just translates everything into familiar shapes and familiar objects and that's all you really see right so your 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 brain's just like you know the like the matrix you're just decoding the things you see and whether it's in tarkov and you see a man with a slick on or an arrayed backpack versus yeah, some blocks in Minecraft or you see something else. Like your brain's just like pattern recognizing and after a bit it doesn't really matter. I did there was a couple of people when I was talking about it in my chat who were just like, I just like to see the pretty game and that's 
you know, that's what I want to do and I don't really like it that much. And I was like, that's totally fair enough. Like, I don't really like Night Raids in Tarkov for kind of the same reason. Like, there's, there are some aesthetics that do put people off. But I think for the most part, people are playing mainly for the gameplay. And if the game feels flawless and has high FPS and is great fun, then yeah. Hell yeah. I think, unfortunately, graphics are a big selling point because it's kind of like when you advertise a game, you can't really advertise the experience of playing the game you know what i mean you can you can show it and you can like flash words up on the screen but Mm. you can't like engage in it whereas like once you own the game then you can actually like engage in it you know what i mean it's very it's like uh i guess it's similar to selling a, a physical product i don't know but it's just it's weird because if the selling point is using like playing the thing uh i don't know like i I guess you have to like really use those flashy words and that those type of marketing tricks but but i guess like that's the interesting thing about kind of like modern gaming though in some ways and we've seen this across the past sort of i don't know quite a few years but like very recently with so many games that no one ever believes the developer right because they can just say whatever about their game (laughs) but you get the you get these games that just word of mouth and people say i've experienced it and it feels good from like trusted sources right. and you go yeah. okay well let's go play right and that's exactly what battle bit is to me in many ways because yeah i've like heard murmurings 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 and then suddenly it's everywhere it's like when fall guys hit right and these things just suddenly yeah. go viral because everyone's like oh this is fun and it's great to play just yeah. like yeah. maybe for a bit like maybe not forever but like right now it's super fun and everyone's hyped about it and that's kind of how these games with good feel seem to just suddenly explode into popularity and like among us it's like how these games with good feel just explode into popularity because people are having fun and they kind of go viral and because people are enjoying it other people then want to join the party and want to get involved too and that's kind of interesting because yeah like i don't think i've ever i don't even know who makes BattleBit. don't know anything about the development company don't think i've ever seen an advert for BattleBit. but i have seen people incessantly talking about it on social media and that yeah. is way more powerful than anything else this in this day and age and it causes these games to just go on this you know if you manage to make lift off you just go right. in this virtual circle up and up and up and tons of people end up playing it i mean and, uh, yeah i mean it's the indie model right you don't necessarily have the money to spend on marketing like the triple a's do or the sign in but the game's got to be good yeah um no you're exactly right because i'm looking at the the steam database charts okay here we go so on the 15th, it was like 30k players, concurrent players, and then we jumped to the 20th, it's like up to 60. Like the, the, you could just see the chart increasing over time. Um, so like in, a, yeah. in less than a week, they doubled their concurrent player counts, and it's kind of resting at 60k right now. Um, we'll that's see. big. With that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And uh I think it really because I I know there was a lot of hype around it. Like I know Clean talked talked it up a lot. Um, I want I this is the thing is like I want to try it simply to play, uh, to play it while it's got the player count. You know what I mean? Because yeah. my fear is like it's gonna, it's at some point it's gonna you know lose mm-hmm. its player counts, and I want to get in on the, you know, two hundred fifty four players. That that would be a really cool experience. So. There's definitely some incentive to like play it now. 
Um, yeah, because we see so many of these games just like appear are fun and then they right. die and the player base is low and then it's just like because it's almost like yeah, the community matters for these things, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. you want people to be talking about it. You want to be able to go to Reddit and there's like new stuff there. You want to see people talking about things on Twitter. It's just it's nice to be parts of those communities. And you want to jump in just in case it all doesn't work out. Um What was the most... together, so many? 2042. Uh, let's see. How did, that, how did that game do? Uh, charts. Um, oh my god. Wait, this can't be accurate. Uh, all time. So this is crazy because it went from it went from it started off at 100k current players and then that was on the 19th of November and then 25th of November it went to 50k so it <laughs> got cut in half. And then at the start of December, it's at 30k, and it's pretty much a downward hill from there. There is one major pink. I guess it's a update. Oh, it had a free weekend. So they they released it for free on the 18th of December. And so it shot back up to, like, 30k. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> That's sad, man. Bad. Now it's at, like, uh, it's actually doing okay now, 10k, 6k. But a lot of the lows were like in the two Ks. But I mean, it's just it's interesting because right, you got this AAA company. You know, it's essentially their idea, right? It's their original idea, quote unquote. And they put out this game. It's big budget. I guess. I guess it's. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you sell a lot of copies. It's a win, right? I don't know if they profit or not, but the game pretty much failed from a lot of people's. I think. I mean, the the Steam reviews are really bad for it. Thirty seven percent. That's awful. Mm. And I don't even know what. I'd be kind of curious to see what the review, what some of the reviews are. I know a lot of people took issue with the gameplay. Um. But you know, let let's say let's say it had no technical issues, and that was the issue was the gameplay. It's like, yeah, graphics. Like how how much value? Like why do we want to put a lot of value in graphics when at the end they would really matters is the gameplay. Per mm-hmm. what the data is showing, the the reviews and player exactly. account and you know battle bits That's only. The thing, growing. the AAA's are just like, oh, well, we they feel like they have to have the graphics and they're trying to do all of it, but yeah, they end up spending. They just don't have good gameplay ideas, so. Yeah. The, ma- the magical formula is good graphics and good gameplay. Like a lot of times too, I think. You know, new graphic technology can like sell games. You know. Um, I'd have to like look up some old examples, but I would imagine like some of the older stuff, uh, back when, yeah, like Voodoo graphics cards, you know, some of like the Quake games, you know, get kind of like the early 3D days. I imagine a lot of those like really sold. Um, yeah, copies it was of big games. jumps though, wasn't it? Yeah, but now it's like, well, you ray know, tracing is like the really only good. jump we've had, <laughs> really. And even then, it's I like, think... oh. Yay, I get to uh <laughs> I get to turn on ray tracing and lose half my frames. The game it's already exactly runs at sixty FPS. Yeah, like all these games keep coming <laughs> right. out and the and the FPS is terrible. And that's right. the problem that a lot of people are having at the moment is it's just these games are appearing non-optimized and they're suffering because of the graphics, actually. And even if the gameplay is good, people don't want to play it because it feels awful to play at 45 FPS or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like um oh man, I've just been I've been playing D4. Oh, I've yeah. been playing D4 recently. And the game's good. The game is good. I'm level 30. I haven't played a lot. 
I just can't. I I find it so hard. I put a Twitter post out about this, and I'm just like, I'm a bit sad just about me. I can't. I just can't get past the old like Diablo D2, two. Really, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard for me, and I don't want it to be like that. But it was. I, it's it's the realization Boomer. that I had that Boomer. I played a decent amount of D three. Yeah, and I genuinely don't remember that much about the game. I remember more about it playing through D four actually. And being like, oh yeah, this was this is what kind of what happened in D three. Oh, oh yeah, there's this mechanic or whatever. But like, it it just wasn't as memorable in many ways. There were certain parts, but like, so much of D two is so vivid even now. And I don't know whether that's just like in gameplay hours. Like a lot of it is a big, big helping of nostalgia, which is just very, very sure. hard to escape from because it's like one of the first big games of that type that I had played. So I had nothing to compare it to, and it didn't feel. It felt so different. The experience was completely different to anything else I'd played. So it didn't feel, oh, I've seen this in this other game. I've seen this in this other game. And I think that's one thing that modern gaming suffers from a little bit, is that every game is a blend of three other games. And everything's taking bits from everything else, which is inevitable, and that's fine. But there was like one little point that I was just like, oh, it was, I was using the waypoints in there. So the waypoint system in DC, like Diablo 2 is like very linear. And you go, you like hop from place to place using these waypoints. You have to go to an area and find the waypoint. And once you found it, you can jump back there from another waypoint, which is kind of cool. It's got the same thing in D4, except D4 actually has got like an open world map. I really like the idea of that. It's, it's really, really nice. But I just like, I don't know, this, the game works beautifully and works really, really well. But something about the simplicity of some of the older games, and it kind of reminds me of Battlebit in many ways, is that just like the lift, like small loading screens between areas and stuff, like reminds you of a time when certain games just didn't have loading screens because all of the background artwork was just like isometric drawings effectively you know it's like the age of, like age of empires 2 diablo 2 like that era of games with like uh sprites and isometric drawings whatever the performance of those games was like next level like you you click stuff and it instantly happens like that is mostly the case in d4 to be fair it does actually perform pretty well but there's just like i just get this deep nostalgia for Games that just instantly respond, like opening menus instantaneous, like waypointing from one place to another is instantaneous. And you just don't get that anymore with modern games because they have 3D graphics. It's just the way that it functions. But needless to say, D4 is, it is fun. I'm just not sure if I feel the grip of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit like watching a series and you're just like, yeah, I kind of want to see what happens, but I'm not like super compelled to play it to like see the next one. I feel a little bit like that about it. Like, I don't necessarily care enough about right. what coming, what's going next. I don't know. Hard to put into words. Did you play Diablo 1, like the original Diablo? I didn't, no. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I'm looking at like screenshot comparisons from. Uh... Diablo 1, 2, 3, and 4, and like, you know, 1 and 2 look similar, but, you know, 2 does look pretty different as well. Like, it's going from, I mean, it's kind, it's kind of a, like a leap. You went from 4 by 3 to 16 by 9 mm-hmm. on some of these things. I'm sure there's like some graphical leap. I'd have to like look up the wiki and look at stuff. But like, it looks, like, D1 looks pretty retro, and then D2 is like, it's still kind of like it's still retro-y but it's like they improved upon things and there's like maybe some new particles like it looks a little bit better right and then d3 just I mean, looks D3's like years later in right but it looks so 
standardize. You know what I mean? Like those older games, things weren't like standardized as they are now, which is what you were kind of saying. Kind of, like yeah. every game kind of looks like it's made from three other games. And then D, what's crazy is like D four. To me, it looks like Path of Exile. Like I played just a little bit of Path, yeah. and that's like, like even the uh, aesthetics is like very dark and like didn't like dilapidated dated maybe uh it's like very I mean, Diablo's always been like that i guess and like path is kind of a homage to diablo in the first place so that sort of makes sense but sure um, but like compared to like d3 d3 is like really colorful <laughs> it was there was actually a criticism that people had right D3 like it looks like wow and right but like d2 it's like it is it is dark uh, you know kind of similar but it just I don't know, it, it does it just looks different. Like I don't know how to describe it really. The thing is, right, you, you can't with modern graphics, you can't ever get back to that kind of like, like there, high there fidelity is color drawn there. style of yeah, yeah. these games. It's like the same it's that's why I use Age of Empires 2 as an example, because that's exactly the same kind of thing. You can't get the, the feel of that graphic style in the three D in the three D model, it seems like nobody seemed to be able to really do it, as far as I've seen, anyway. I mean, I haven't played mm. like a wide variety of indie games, but it's like it's just, yeah, it's just it's a different feel, and it just, as I said, it feels a bit more generic, and it makes me not as invested in the world and that kind of thing. I don't, I don't know, man. It's like, as I said, a lot of it's just nostalgia because you know, played it a bunch when there was nothing else available. But I think like sometimes you just have to accept that you know that's just the way that these these games are going to be. I don't, I don't know how much I'm going to play. I'm going to play a bit more, I think, because I've got another friend who's played it like a decent amount more than me, and some other other guys are, I think are going to get it. They wanted to wait till payday because it's like the most expensive game of all time, <laughs> especially you know as, as PC gamers not playing AAA type games. Like Tarkov's kind of a bit of an exception, but it was sixty. Yeah, I was, I was saying last time, wasn't I? It was like sixty pounds. Which right now is like, yeah, uh, it's about like 75 US. And that's the standard version. It's like, it's an expensive ass game. Oh, I just It realized. does work really well and it's very polished. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Diablo 2 Resurrected screenshots. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, they did remake it. Yeah. The, uh, but it's kind of the same. Yeah, but it's more close. It's like, definitely more closer to D1, but none, anyways. But yeah, it, it's good. Um, and it does seem to have some, like, interesting things in there. There's more... There is kind of, like, more, like, ongoing stuff to make you want to complete, like, some of the side missions and that kind of thing. Like, previously, Diablo games, historic... Uh, they've just usually been go through the main missions. Mm-hmm. Again and again, and you could like repeat certain specific missions if you want to do certain drops. Um, so I'm not sure quite what the end game looks like yet because I'm I'm not there. But I think it's yeah, it's come a lot more in line with some of the other games like uh, Path of Exile and some of these the other like modern ARPGs. Just because you know the the meta of these games changes and the community changes too like you know in the original diablo 2 once you set your skill points down you couldn't you can't refund them that's it you have to make it your character mm. which is not not good but it 
Right. It definitely made you play in a different way. Like you basically had to play a few times, like through a few different characters, and they're just like, oh, now I know what's going on, and that all these characters sucked, unless you just use like a cookie cutter build. So it's good that you can reset your skills for cash now, because that's how it works in D4, and I think that's how it works in Path. I've not I've not played a lot of Path, so that's better in some ways, but. It does have the flip side of like, you know, you're not, you're just not like quite as tied to your character in the fundamental ways you, as you were, but like the game, the, the whole world is different now. We've talked about this a little bit as well about the meta of tutorials, about guides and that kind of thing. You know, there was some of that back in the D2 days, but most of the time, you know, when we were first playing, at least just, you, we just played. There wasn't really anything else to, to do, right? There wasn't really that many, well, or at least we didn't, we didn't engage with it at that time like the websites with tips or whatever. Like there wasn't a a culture of min-maxing everything until later on in its life cycle, at least for me. And I've sort of tried to retain that a bit playing D4. Like I've not looked up any guides. Mm-hmm. I've not looked up any videos. I've tried to make all my builds myself because if I do that, I'll completely stop playing the game in like two weeks, I'm sure. Like that's half the fun for me is trying to like figure stuff out. I just like, cookie cutting the the meta combination because the skill tree is quite complicated i was just like oh like my brain was hurting a bit because there's like so many different things in there to try and you know you get a bit of this thing and this and this thing and this is like all these mechanics overlapping and to try and fit those things together is actually like half of the the entertainment value rather than just like yeah lifting a build like i think my friends just like lifted a build from somewhere and i'm just like ah, eh, i mean yeah you do you but i, I don't know dude it's like it's it's such a confusing thing also just like even just like just playing against ai just like the whole time like the game's just kind of like yeah the game's just like kind of easy it's sort of the way i would describe it like it's you can turn your brain off and just play which is also okay sometimes maybe that's actually good for me <laughs> maybe that's what i need maybe d4 is what i need i just need to turn my brain off and just fight goat men you know but I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm, I find that I'm like just psychologically struggling with how I feel about the game because I want to enjoy it and I, I am, right. but at the same time, I'm not enjoying it it's like as much same. as I thought I would right. or as much as I want to, even though it is good. Yeah. And it's just not the same. And I don't think anything ever can be the same. Right. I think we just have to accept that. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of like your first uh, entry into the series. Like, mm. I find like, Hmm, there's something else where I have that same feeling. I can't think what it is, though. I guess I'll use, like, Halo's example. Like, I still like Halo Combat Evolve, like, the first one. Mm. Even though, like, 2 sold better, like, it's more people rate it better, it probably is better, you know? (laughs) But I just, you know, that was my first one. You know, I have so many just like fond memories of it. You know, it's just like, and two is essentially more of the same, but better. You know, it's like, we'll improve, we'll improve upon that. You know, so it's, it's kind of hard. But like, we have playing like Halo 5 or whatever's out now. It's just like, it's not the same as like playing Halo 1 back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could tell yeah. me it's Blood Gulch, but it's not blood. my Blood Gulch. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen, because did you ever play WoW? No, I'm sorry. No, buddy. see, I was not a WoW guy either. And oh, um, okay. I was actually very anti-WoW because oh, really? I was part of the kind of the crew of 
I've seen it like ruin too many people. Like people <laughs> start playing WoW and then they never play anything else ever again. Kind of thing. And it, like now that that is kind of, you know, after many years, people are like, reflecting back. I've seen a similar sentiment from other people. It's just like, you'll, you could play like WoW Classic and stuff now, but like nothing's ever the same as playing the game like back in the day with everybody playing it through these things for the first time and like figuring stuff out for the first time. Like it's just, it's not the same. And I can totally understand that, even without ever having played the game. Just from seeing the way that people played that, honestly, I was like, God, I was like, so, I was so hardline anti-WoW when I was a teenager. Like, seriously, I was like, I will never touch this game. I'll never play this game. I was like, the mo- I was like an anti-WoW <laughs> warrior in many ways. It was crazy. I was like, because I was, I was like seriously into like, you know, my 1v1 competitive strategy at that point as well, Phil. So I was like, no, this is like the most anti-gaming thing you basically just spend half your life in chat it's just msn with a fantasy overlay <laughs> i can hear the pitchforks coming for me already but uh yeah dude it was uh I, I i totally get that like if people say you know it's just not the same because it's like that for many things such as the the nature of you know nostalgia and looking back i have to just try and get past it and enjoy it for what it is <laughs> Cool. Do you have any other topics you would like to raise before we start to think about closing out this boy? Um, I can say about the school game I played. So, okay. have you heard of Trepang 2? Trepang? Yeah. Trepang no. 2. Not Trepang 1, Trepang 2. Okay. I don't think there's a Trepang 1, but anyways, it's... It's this game that's encircling around um, a bit. It's kind of like a... Do you remember Fear from back in the day? Or have you ever heard of the game Fear? I've seen the it's box like abbreviated. with the hand. Is, it, is there a hand on the box or is that something else? Uh, Maybe. I can't remember now. Maybe you're thinking of Left 4 Dead? Well, I was thinking that, but I don't know. Uh I know I I when I think of fear I think of the girl on the front of the box. Oh, it's a girl. It wasn't a hand. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm thinking Left 4 Dead. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, anywho, in that game, okay, it's kind of like a horror. There's like horror elements, and in, in I have like memories of playing it. So, okay, story time. Right, we went. My dad took me to the mall to go to this gamer arcade thing. It was like, it was it was like. Uh, weird because it was like really dark but it was like they had consoles and they had like computers it was essentially like a LAN cafe but it was like mm-hmm. kind of like the early days it's like hey let's take this arcade from the 80s idea and let's like bring it to the modern times but so I remember playing Fear there and uh yeah it was pretty scary I only played a little bit of course but uh anywho they have like the, this feature in there where you can go slow-mo I forget what okay. they call it and it's really cool because it's like, I don't know, it's just like, I think you could like slide and maybe dive and do slow-mo, you know, it's very like action movie. So Trepang 2 is kind of like inspired, like the, the spiritual successor of that game in, in a way. It's got like some horror elements, I think, and some of the slow-mo stuff. And uh, it's really fun. It's a fun mechanic. But... I watched a review on it from G Man Lives, I think. He does like kind of like a lot of PS stuff and boomer shooter okay. things. And uh 
he brought up this one game called Severed Steel, which, um, because he had some critiques about Trepang too, like this, you know, story wasn't all that great, you know, uh, music and, uh, you know, I would say like some minor, some some minor things, but he brought this game where he said, you know, it. it do you guys remember this game? And you know, it, he liked it. and He thought it was pretty good. So I tried that game, Severed Steel. Um, and because it had like some more movement to it where you could do like wall running, sliding, but it's really <laughs> cool. And it's uses voxel physics, I guess. And like, it, it, so it's like, it's not really pixelated, but I don't know how to describe yeah. it because it's like kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what voxel even means, but it's like, it's kind of like Battle Bit, except like the really tiny blocks, essentially. But that's like the yeah the 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 world how it's built. So it's but it it's cool because it has like ray tracing as well. Oh right. Um. So it's like graphically, it actually looks pretty good. I'm pretty sure it has ray tracing. Maybe that's just DLSS. That might be DLSS. I can't remember. But there is some type of reflections. It may not be ray tracing. Maybe it's like screen space reflection. Anywho, um. It's a really cool game because it kind of plays similar to like Doom, where in Doom you have to, like the newer version of Doom, you have to like manage your resources. And how you do that is by like actively killing something, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) basically putting yourself in danger, you know? Like, yeah, you can play like the classic COD, you know, single player campaign where you're like, sit, oh, oh, I'm down. Let me. Like, uh, you know, I got hit three times. Let me just sit here and camp and hit regen and then, like, slowly peek and shoot. Like, you can't, like, you could do that, but you really can't do that because you don't have the regen. So you kind of have to, like, push yourself into danger. And this operates similarly where you, your slow-mo ability has, like, a bar. And if you don't kill something in time, you have to, like, regenerate it. Right. Uh... And it's like really slow regeneration, right? Like extremely slow. So you have to like, and anytime you're not doing like st- stunts, they can hit you. So what, when you're doing stunts, you're like basically invincible. Like they purposely miss you. So you're, you're essentially like hyper incentivized to do like all these crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Which just <laughs> makes the game so satisfying because you like, you could do a backflip. Like you're, you're essentially just spinning. You're essentially just dragging your mouse vertically, but your camera like follows. So like you're in the air doing a backflip, going slow mo, and like shooting the guy in the head. It's like <laughs> Matrixy. Like it's so. Uh, I just can't. This like it's so satisfying playing this. That game. sounds cool. Like yeah, it's really fun, and um, I like it too. Which was this one? Was this Japang or was this the no, other one? No, this is Severed Steel. Okay, it's okay. a, it's an indie. You know, another indie game. Like like. I guess technically Trepang 2 is an indie. It's also an indie game, but it's like a slightly step up. Because I think the pup, they're like working with Team 17. And they have like a big catalog of developers and publishing. But um, yeah, it's really cool. The music's also really good too, which I really like. It's it's kind of a drum and bass, electronic-y inspired. Nice. Which is kind of like a bonus, but uh, 
Yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. And uh, it has like a level editor that I was like playing around the other night, but of course it crashed. It gave me a Unity a Unity error. Or, <laughs> no, it was like an Unreal. It was an Unreal error. Well, but uh, there's some custom maps. Of course, there's Dust 2. Someone made Dust 2. I mean, it's got to exist, right? Yeah. But no, it it's a really fun game. I've been really enjoying it. I'm going to keep playing it some more and go through all the bonus levels. Like just the creativity you kind of have like this minecraft element where you can have like these really create like someone made a church right i think it was mm. the developers because like their bonus levels and it was like just really well put together convincing like the world was a little big in comparison to your character yeah. but like they did that so they could like have more blocks to make more details mm-hmm. you know what i mean um but that was, I mean, that was just really fun. That the, there's just a lot of cool things you can do with the spawning in enemies and triggers and and stuff. You had to like fight a tank at the end. Uh, it was it was really cool. That's and, awesome. Yeah. The the one thing has got me thinking about is, could like how could you do? Because I love the movement. Like you got wall running, sliding, um. Double jumping, air strafing, you know, pretty much the whole nine yards. But the slow mo, like all those things can exist in the game, like a multiplayer mm. game, right? Like Titanfall. But how can you get the slow mo in a multiplayer game is what I really yeah. want to know. And I was talking with someone in chat thinking about it. I was like, man, how could you do this? And, you know, you, because if the problem is if like you go slow mo and they don't, how does that work? You know? think <laughs> exactly like <laughs> that would feel awful. Is like, oh, you could just have the server resolve it. You know, it's like on your client, you're slow mo, fine, and they're playing normally. But like, how do you? How did they get the data <clears throat> while you're playing slow mo? You know what I mean? Because like they have to see the real time, but like you're playing slow mo on the client. Like, there's so many like problems. It's like okay, well, you just do like. Maybe it's like an area of effect. It's like everyone in the bubble is slow-mo. Everyone outside the bubble is slow-mo. But then like, what happens when one guy's in the bubble and one guy's outside the bubble? You know, it's like the same problem. It's like, fuck, dude. How do you... Like, there's got to be some way to get slow-mo to work in multiplayer. I, uh, you could, you, this is the thing. It's like, you could do it globally. But like... I don't know. It feels really bad. All the time. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're unrelated like, to whatever's happening with the right. slow-mo. Uh, but dude, if if anyone could figure out how to do slow mo in a multiplayer, I don't care how like jank the graphics are. I don't care if it's Roblox graphics. I want to experience that, dude, because it is battle bit with slow mo. Oh, dude, <laughs> it's so it's just there's something really satisfying going from like a thousand miles per hour because you move pretty fast in that game, and then like you click the slow mo button, and you're just like. You know, mm-hmm. falling at an angle, you know, snapping on people's legs. Why does that heads. always feel so cool? I don't know why. Don't it's just know. always so good. Yeah. It's great. So, yeah, that's that's my game, Severed Still. I definitely recommend it. If you, get, if you can get it, like, under $20, I think it's worth. That's cool. It's probably one of those things that goes on sale every now and then. Yeah. Just in big bundles of, like, Steam sale or something, I suppose. Yeah. I got yeah. I had it, I got mine from GOG. You ever, you ever done business with GOG? Good no. old games. You heard of them? I know of them, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of I'm kind of regretting it. Like it was much cheaper. But <laughs> the custom maps 
you have to get them through Steam, Steam Workshop, because they have Steam Workshop integration. Right. But I'm using GOG, which uses its oh. own launcher. So I have to now use something called like Steam CMD, just like oh, Steam's no. like command line to like connect to the server, log in anonymously, and then like paste the link to download the file and then drag the file to the GOG folder. It's like really annoying to do all this, but <laughs> yeah, I, I saved some money. So I guess, I guess that's a trade off, right? Yeah, exactly. You pay with the time right. instead. Oh man. Have you seen just have you seen the various machinations of Twitch recently and all that stuff that's been going on? Just like random Twitch yeah, drama. So there's yeah, there's a lot of drama. <laughs> just a lot of drama. Ongoing craziness. The latest one that made me laugh was Twitch have basically like tried to take donations. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this one? The hype chat thing? You can yeah. pin a comment in chat and 70% goes to the streamer. And 30% goes to Twitch. I mean, they literally like, just hey. copied YouTube. Yeah. Uh, super chat. Yeah, super chat. Yeah. yeah. They literally just ripped that. Just I, mean, it. I mean, I guess good for them on the business Ex- side. Yeah. Except they were like, oh, it's 70 30. So, you know, we're, we're, we're changing, guys. It's going to be great. And then in the T's and C's, there's a 5% transaction fee <laughs> to cover yeah. all like credit cards and stuff. So it's actually 65 35. Even though YouTube doesn't doesn't charge for that at all, right? Because they cover all credit card fees and yada yada. Because they're big enough, they have economies of scale. Like Twitch connected to Amazon, you would think they could probably absorb the credit card fee. They're well, probably dealing enough with credit cards that they don't need to charge five percent. But it's just there's always something hidden in the way with Twitch. It's just like, hey guys, here's the Partner Plus program that nobody can access. You know, it's just like, oh, whoops. I've just managed to pull my headphone cable out. Get used to this new pair of headphones. Oh yeah, I just noticed that because you used to have the vitality ones at the the microphone. Didn't you? Oh, right? I missed that. It was just restarting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what did you say? You were giving me a blank stare. I was like, uh, didn't you? I used to have the fatality ones with the with the. I did. Headphone. So I still yeah. I still have these here. Um, but these are a pair that I haven't worn for ages. But I used to use them when I was commuting into work on the tube. And these are like a pair of Sony active noise cancellers. Oh. Um, but I'm using them with the AC because otherwise it's like sense. freaking deafening. But what I realized, and this is like a now a complete tangent, but what I realized with these um, headphones is that now I can't hear the sound of my PC at all. Yeah. Either. Even when the PC is running like full blast with the fans, which sometimes it did on Tarkov and with the old ones, because these things like they've got like no padding really. There's just like a bit of foam and that's about it. But these things, just like low hums like that, are just completely gone. Mm-hmm. And like in, in the raids, when I've been wearing, because um, I picked up a pair of Contact 4s from someone. I've been wearing the Contact 4s, which just like completely suppress all the ambient in Tarkov. And I've been wearing the active noise cancelling headphones over the top. And I'm just like, I can hear people from like miles away. Like this yeah, is actually, I bet it's really this is actually broken. Yeah. Like I was in the K buildings. And I could just hear somebody just like walking around in night. And, and he just like wandered up to the roof. Wander down from the bottom. I was walking around too, and then I just shot him from night. Uh, from sorry, from the K buildings. I was just like, yeah, he couldn't hear me at all. Like it's it's actually nuts. So I should have. I wanted to figure out how to make these work for a long time, but I had to find this very specific cable that goes with them. Um, it's not that long. I've had to pull my PC a bit closer because I don't want them. I don't have a Bluetooth dongle. I didn't want any delay or anything, so I've got them wired in. But there's a little like recess. So you can't just use a normal aux jack. It doesn't go uh-huh. in all the way. 
And when you play on Tarkov, only some of the channels come through, which is really weird. Like some of it like is really echoey. Like you, like you can't hear your own footsteps, for example, but you can hear the echo of your footsteps elsewhere. And like some, like only half of the sounds from Tarkov come through because I've only got like half of the connectors connected. It's like, it's really weird. Oh, uh, you're saying when it comes it... loose? No, like a normal aux cable doesn't have the small recess. Oh. You can't plug it in all the way. Small and recess. So it, there's like, so like the, the, the Sodi cable is like straight and then there's a little indent. Right. Before the actual end comes out. A normal aux jack doesn't have that indent. So it okay. doesn't fit all the way into the slot. So I only see. some of the contacts make connection with the headset. So, so some only, of the channels, okay, gotcha, and it's gotcha. only like it's only stereo. So I'm not really sure what's going on. Yeah, that but is there's weird. something. Something's missing. You can hear gunshots just fine, but I can't hear my own footsteps. But it, you can sort of. It's like maybe there's an advantage in there somewhere, <laughs> but it's really off-putting. Like yeah. you, and some stuff you just can't hear. Like it's huh. just it's so weird. And and I had this issue for ages. And I was like trying with all my settings and da da da. And then it's like picking this back up. I was like, I need to make this work because this stupid machine is like actually deafening. I've like never had AC. It's like really loud. I, um, surprised me how loud it was. So I've got like the noise cancelling thing on the mic, but then I was like, I can't hear. So the stream can't, the stream can't hear it, but I can. <laughs> so I like whipped these babies out and then I was like, I found the cable finally and now I'm just like, just in this like silent, pristine universe of just like all hearing. I can hear loads of stuff on Tarkov that I couldn't before actually. It's like kind of cool. Makes me wonder if I should switch to... Uh... I really like the open headsets, but mm. I'm sure they're probably not great for isolating sounds. I, yeah, I don't know whether they have like act, like an active noise cancelling. I imagine they don't exist with open backs because that's kind of like a, kind of against what they're for. I would imagine, but but maybe it exists. I'm, I'm not an expert, so I don't, I don't really know. Oh, but no. I've only ever used closed ones. I mean, these ones have a lot more just general passive sound muffling than the old ones do they are heavier though so they do start to weigh down a little bit that's what i liked about these guys because they're just so light they just sit on my head for hours and i could just it's not like i'm not wearing anything but um because these ones are a bit more bit more beefy but yeah certain sounds it's just i can't hear any low rumbles any buzzes nothing it's all just gone i've been interested to try the iems i think they're called oh yeah the in-ear ones but uh, go on jesse's subathon and go and win a competition I I saw someone um this guy does like you know mouse reviews keyboard reviews he did like a uh you know five budget like you know budgety friendly mm. ones um but yeah I've been I've been interested to try them but uh anywho uh what were we talking about prior to this dude I don't even know we were talking about this game that you were playing no feel and then. You talked about something. Chat, what chat? Was, what I, was, was I talking about something else just before I pulled the cable out? Oh, yeah, because I went on the tangent. Oh, we're talking about Twitch. That's right. Oh, yes, Twitch and its, it's crazy ways. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It's I was, just like every, everything they release seems to have some kind of like hidden like underlying like penalty or downside or man. whatever. Did you, um, did you see. A clip where it was like Twitch talking, like they were doing like some like community thing, and like they had like the CEO got to like people got to interview him, but they also had like other people communicating to like the audience, and like there was there was this clip that circulated where he made a comment where it's like, well, yeah, we get to like 
when you're the number one platform you get the like charge these fees it was i can't like i have to find the the i did see it and i didn't actually see the clip i saw people talking about it but never actually watched the clip itself and i saw a couple of people asking about like whether there's some context and i think like supposedly i mean don't take my word for it because i I didn't watch it but like Mm -hmm. supposedly in the longer clip he's talking about the mobile industry or something and being like you know if you're the monopoly provider then like you can basically charge what you like but it was like in reference to like their business model or something. Exactly. And so it was like, yeah. dude, what the hell? Yeah. Um, but that's how like they act. They act that way. I'm not really surprised. I don't know. I know people like posted that clip around because it's like, aha, gotcha. Right. But like, we all know that Twitch acts this way because that's how yeah. they feel. And it's starting to become less true as time goes on. But that's yeah, how they, perhaps. that's how they feel. Um, but it's just, it's just weird, right? Because like they're part of you know, the Amazon group and they're obviously under pressure. It's like this, the Partner Plus thing was interesting because, you know, so you, what was the deal? You had to have 350 tier one subscriptions to get into Partner Plus, I think was the requirement. Now, most people like, and it's because it's specifically like paid for tier one, and it was three months as well, paid for recurring subs. Like most people is like gifted, which didn't count, and Prime, which didn't count for getting into this program. There was only like from estimates, it was like two percent of all partners could actually get into Partner Plus. It's like such a low amount because you need to probably have I mean, I don't know the numbers, but it depends on person to person, right? But you probably need eight hundred to a thousand subs to get three fifty tier one like recurrence. Because just the the ratios, right? Like most of your subs are gonna come from Prime. A bunch are going to come from gifted, and then there's some number are going to be actual people paying. Yeah, two and a half percent. Blue says in chat. So it's like it was just this tiny amount, and it was like the headline was like, "Oh, three fifty subs to get this partner plus." And it's just like, well, three fifty subs is like it's way more what than what I have anyway because I'm just not like I'm just not on enough. But it's also way more than what a lot of people have. And then when they looked into it, it's just like, oh, we actually need like you know you need like multiple amounts worth of three fifty across all subs to get this specific kind of sub that's the one they're looking for. And it needs to be for three months. And that will then upgrade you to 7030. It's like, okay, well this doesn't actually affect anybody. But like the way that the Twitch CEO was talking about it, it was just he basically was like, we've been given an amount of money to incentivize people by Amazon. And we could either put it roll it out to more like roll some of the money out to more people or cap the top end. And we had to decide where the money went. Basically, it's like we only have so much to give from Amazon. Like Amazon decides how much they give because like it's capped at the top end too. So, so everyone's getting 50-50 unless you enter it, unless you're the 2% of people can get 70-30. And then you're all good on 70-30 on tier one subs and on gifted subs, not on prime. You still get 50-50 on prime. So it's tier one and gifted that you get 70-30 on unless you're making a load and then there's another cap and after that you make 50-50. So it's like there's this like band in the center where it applies it's just like it's so like they may as well not have bothered right it's just like i'm sure there's some people who are happier about it right it's, it's more than what they were doing before but it's a marketing attempt right more than actually helping streamers or making the platform better or anything like that and that's what sucks and then this hype chat thing again it's like trying to prevent people from donating because that's kind of what bits and all that stuff was for in the first place to so try right. and get twitch in the middle of people donating to streamers you know donations are still 100 percent because well, what else are you going to do? Right? It's not related to Twitch. You just donate and there's an alert. And that's what people should be doing if they want to support people is to do donations, really. But then Twitch are like, oh, we've got this thing which is like super chats and now we can take 70% plus another five that we're not going to tell you about up front 
It just feels so shady, right? And it's just like Twitch is just slowly, they're just slowly alienating all the people and forcing them to want to try other stuff, either Kick or YouTube. I mean, people have issues about with Kick and YouTube doesn't necessarily have the culture for, you know, when most people, like when people move from Twitch to YouTube, like on a permanent basis, they get, like they're, they're, if you're a streamer, first and foremost, like your revenue is absolutely demolished. Go to YouTube. Just because the culture isn't there for paying for things. You know, everybody watches the vids and they watch the ads. And that's how normally people get paid on YouTube. Or there's a sponsorship that's true. integration as well, right? There's no culture to like pay to the people that you watch, really. And they're changing that with some of these things, super thanks and stuff. But the culture is there on Twitch right now. And the culture is building on YouTube at the moment. So it's difficult for you people to, want to go to YouTube. Yeah, you basically have to build the culture yourself there yeah. with your audience yeah exactly and then kick it's like oh well they're giving like this really good split right. but then there's like all the other stuff that makes it difficult right the backers which people just don't like on principle some of the headline dudes which people don't like on principle and it just makes <laughs> yeah. it kind of hard but the, the more that twitch <laughs> goes down this road the more people that attempted to push across and move because that's the thing like once you move away from twitch you can guilt-free do youtube and kick at the same time so there's actually, you know, you get like the monetization benefits from Kick and all the other benefits from YouTube. Like YouTube is basically best for everything except for a bit of like, you know, chat user experience and monetization for the streamer. Um, yeah. Like quality quality's high and, you know, there's discoverability and all this other stuff. But like, I don't know, I feel like if Twitch keeps going, people will eventually just go, you know, and they've got high profile moves, got XQC leaving, go to Kick and stuff. It's... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right. It just makes you really think about like Twitch's future. I, I, I'm, I would be nervous to be 100% all in on Twitch. I really would be. I'm just, I'm very glad I'm not. I want to talk about this more, but let's do another day because I want to squeeze this in right at the last minute. We got okay. some breaking news straight hot off the press. Go check, pull up your Twitter, Giga. Go check your notifications. Look for Nikita, okay? Nikita... Wait, on Twitter? On Twitter, yeah. Wait, do you have him on Discord? <laughs> Check your Discord notification for Nikita. 20 minutes ago. Yeah. So, Nikita tweeted, quote, it goes beyond all limits. What should I do with him? And he has a screenshot of Logical Solutions Ooh. message in his Discord where he says... If there is somebody that has ETS access and wants to stay anonymous and contribute to our efforts, DM me, smiley face. I just want to find out if ETS is really on Unity 2021. To the rat in here reporting things to BSG, middle finger. <laughs> so this ah. is... I know, dude. This is interesting because I remember seeing this... I'm in Logical's Discord. It's, it's, I guess it's just like where he... It's basically the Tarkov Changes Discord. And, uh, you know, I remember seeing that ping a few, I don't know, days ago. Might have just been like three days ago. Couldn't have been that long ago. And uh, I don't remember it talking about ETS. I just, I did, I did remember the rap part. That's what stood out to me the most. Um, shoot, man, I wish I, I wish I could find where that ping was. It had to have been in general. Anyways, uh, dude, this is kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Uh this yeah. 
Oh, here it is. Here it is. Oh yeah, see, it must it was edited. So like the the edited part. When I saw it, yeah, look at that. Okay, so when I saw it, it said thanks to those who DM Smiley Face to the rat. Yeah, it it basically leaves out the whole part mm-hmm. about ETS. Um, I don't because I don't remember seeing the ETS stuff. So that's really interesting. I did. I mean. Let's say logical is speaking the truth here. He just wants to know about Unity 2021. Okay, I guess you know I don't know, but uh, I don't know, man. This is this is interesting because there's really not like uh, from my understanding, there's not really that much difference from the uh, ETS. Like it's the same launcher; it just downloads different files. It's you know, it's kind of just like you can do the same data. Mining, poking around, snooping stuff that you can on the, you know, main client. So, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of a, I could see why BSG is like, not only are they like, someone's breaching their user agreements or or whatever. And also, you got people snooping around in your ETS, you know, things are probably not... Uh, finish features, you know, who knows what they accidentally left behind that they didn't mean to. Leaks, I mean, it's, I don't know, kind of a tricky one. I think the problem that I have with this in general is I don't, I still don't understand why ETS is under full NDA. I'm sure it's to protect them. Like BSG. And what? Like, I don't. I don't see any real reason Negative why press. it's like that. <laughs> ETS just launched the worst feature in Escape from Tarkov. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, guys, I the game's doomed. With it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've always disagreed with the ETS uh, NDA. It, so it makes it hard for me to kind of be like, oh, I mean, I can see, you know, I can see the clear beef here, right? <laughs> I know Logical's rubbed them up the wrong way before, too. Yeah. Like, they don't like him at all. Yeah. But. I mean, at some point, like, uh, you can't keep everything a secret, you know? The only good conspiracy is a conspiracy of one. Like, you just, it's just, there's no way. Someone will be Logical Solutions. If you get rid of him, yeah. someone else will do that. I don't know, man. I just like <laughs> it's interesting, but someone said yeah. the the tweet made uh, thirty people DM logical to help with the ETS news. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, you bring up a good question: is why is it under NDA? And it, I, I also do find it a little silly that the early access game in beta has a testing for the beta like a private testing for the beta game you know what i mean like we have it we have a beta within a beta yeah like isn't this supposed to be the beta testing but we have early testing sir like it's just i don't know it's just it is kind of weird axel's made a good point here in my chat say like i've assumed some information he said i'm lost but what is ets and who is logical which is fair enough okay Uh, true (laughs) 
Like ETS is the early access test servers for Tarkov. They are invite only. They are under NDA, so that you can't talk about anything that is going on in the testing within those servers. They're completely separate from the main base game. And because they're under NDA, which means that no content creators can stream on them, it means that most people don't play them. Really, that's my impression. I know that there's a community of people that do do that, but the yeah. vast majority of content creators probably never touch ETS, even if they're able to, because maybe people are busy either like being live or editing videos or whatever. Like right. having to play Tarkov in an untested version offline without your stream, right? Without anything, it's just something most people are not interested What's in doing. The there only... are some people who are interested in doing it. That's fine, but. Um, and then and Logical Solutions is the guy who runs TarkovChanges.com. And it's basically, they data mine stuff. They're the, they're the ones who find out about the spawn rate of the bloodhounds and all this kind of thing. All of the public-facing information that's not in, like encrypted within the game, they get access to and tell the community, in short. So yeah, basically Logical wants people to tell him what's happening in ETS, even though it's under NDA. But because a lot of people disagree with the NDA, I can see why people would give the information. I never would. I don't want to be banned, but I also don't necessarily agree with all the reasons why it's under NDA in the first place and never have. Like Church was saying, it's the beta to the beta. We're supposed to be beta testing in Tarkov, but because yeah, now the like... game has got so big, they're now scared to make big changes or like testing changes to the main game before they've tested them somewhere else first because the main game is de facto released because of how big it is. Right. So now they have to use the it's... beta testing version but normally uses the beta testing version because it's freaking under nda i mean like it doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense to me this is the this is what i believe to be the truth is the game is effectively a live service game it's just they get to sit behind the security and wall of early access that early access provides i mean it's kind of a shitty thing but i think so and also reality it's it's a fun game a lot of people like it so you know it's just it's just the way things are unfortunately I mean, I kind of feel like they are just leveraging free labor. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, think kind of. I think you would, you know, if if like where like like what's the incentive? You were given the content creator example, right? So like the incentive for them to do the testing is what they get to like have a sense that they're you know making the game improving the game uh they get to like have a sense that they're giving feedback um you know maybe some like self-satisfaction but let's, you know what i mean like typically though for for something like this right this is like truly the testing to work out the bugs like because i mean i i heard that they've done um inertia testing on one of the ets branches and there was some feedback provided, and it got changed before it came live in twelve twelve. Um, and you know, they—I'm sure they also test for like bugs and you know things like this. Like I think they even did some for the audio, uh, the Oculus. I heard of rumors, but I feel like some of the stuff, you know, like, like especially the Oculus stuff, you probably—if you were a developer, you probably would pay like a you know, a professional testing team, you know, where they would sign NDAs, you know what I mean? But here you're signing NDA for <laughs> free. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're not getting paid to do it. Like it's just, I don't yeah. know. Something seems kind of wrong when, when you put it on a perspective, but 
I, I don't think if people want to do it for free, then that's fine. Right. But I don't think it's and they and they had their own testers anyway as well, right? But it's just it's sure. one of those, it's another line of defense, I guess, and people are willing to do it for free and wanna to, wanna to do it for whatever reason. And that's I guess okay. But I'm just I always question the effectiveness of ETS in its current format. Yeah. I mean I don't feel the testing is necessarily that robust and the feedback's not necessarily robust enough to well, that's, be useful. That's the cost of free labor. <laughs> you get Maybe. unprofessionals. So you know, that's yeah. That's the price they're going to pay. But. And maybe that's the way they see it, too. They're like, well, we have our testers. We have the community on the regular game. If these guys catch a few things, great. Right. You know, we get to test it on, like, a, a wide range of hardware that we just don't have access to. We get to test it on, like, a, a thousand PCs. Right. And some people are having, like, you know, their frames are cut into or whatever, and, like, we can fix that before it comes out. Great. If that's, if that's the case, okay, right. fine. But, like, that's not also not required to be under NDA. And this is the whole point. I don't mind ETS. I just mind yeah. the NDA. Like ETS is bad because of the NDA. Right. I think it would be better without the NDA because then just... loads of people would try it and loads of people would test it and say, "Oh, look, this is coming." And I don't think they release any like features or anything. Like, yeah, maybe inertia models or whatever. It's not like you get like. I don't think there's anything crazy that comes in there. It's usually just like technical stuff, as far as I'm aware. It's just I don't know, man. It's just uh, I... I just disagree with it. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, those are the only two rumors I've heard about ETS. Um. Maybe in the future they'll do like, you know, the the BTR tank on streets or something, and they don't like they want that to be a surprise. Maybe that's the whole surprise mentality. I really don't know. I got, I'm kind of in agreement with you. The NDA doesn't. It's just odd. Like I I I assume it's to protect them in some form or fashion, whether it's like criticism or 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 you know something more le- uh, legal. I I have no idea, but. Uh, mm. Anyways, I I think it's interesting that I don't really agree with, I don't know. I don't really think it's good moral that Logic is actively asking for people to basically break their NDA. It's not a good look, I will say. Yeah, I mean... But he also probably feels at this point, like, he's so out of their favor that, like, what has he got to lose? Which I can also understand. Um, I mean, but, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's just... I mean, let's assume that he really wants to find out Unit, you know, Unity 21. It's like, okay, I guess. But, like, why? Like, why does that matter? I don't know. It's... There's there's definitely like a dark side to this stuff where mm. people could try to steal the game, essentially steal the IP. Um, I mean, yeah. you could argue that Tarkov SP is effectively that it's just freeware in a sense, but you do have to buy the game or get, you know you have to get the original copies. But people could share it. So I, I don't know. It, it's kind of a weird. We've talked about this before to death. I feel like, but. Yeah, I'm just going to read. So Hayes just sent a message like three minutes ago on Twitter and he just said like, anyway, I don't know why ETS has an NDA in the first place. It doesn't seem like the testing of game content happens on there. Mostly technical changes. I was like, yep, there has never been a test on ETS with new content. From Twitter. Source. <laughs> Source, bro. Source, Trust me, bro, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Suppose I made it up. He can't. He can't source because he has an NDA. Is there? Just have to trust me. Yeah. No, I don't know. Well, well, what can they do? What can the key to do about logical? Nothing really, right? They can ban his account. Ban his account. If you want. Uh, that's it, really. It feels. I think that feels futile. I think it's kind of funny, yeah. like, because like, what's the key to really doing here? Is he just like? trying to bring some heat to logical in a sense you know what i mean like he's kind of saying like this guy's breaking the, this guy's a little bit of a bad boy you know how should i punish him mm. you know you know what i mean um when as we said it's kind of obvious the only thing you really can do is like ban him and his associates like that's kind of it really mm-hmm. so it just kind of seems like maybe Maybe he's just venting some frustration or maybe, you know, trying to stir the pot a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Trying to get him to stop. Yep, I guess so. Or they, yeah, or they need to talk and whatever. I mean, Logical replied to the Twitter post and said, you could respond to one of my emails, Reddit messages, or Telegram messages, and we can have a conversation like I've been trying to have with you at BSGT for over two years. I have no issues with you or the game at all, just the rat people in my Discord. Rats. The rat chads in, in this. Discord. Discord. Yeah. Someone, someone commented on it and said, respond to my DMs or I'll leak info in your game. <laughs> L. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think there's anything Nikita can do about it, unfortunately. He's in a, a spot where. It's kind of at the mer- I mean, he's, yeah, he's yeah. trying to protect information that can't really be protected, I think, is the problem. Mm, yeah, I mean, like they you could, can sign they an NDA, put more but like, yeah, then you break the NDA, then what? Like, oh, they remove you from the program. Like, oh, they ban you from the game, then what? Like, they, they can't do it. They don't have any power. This is the problem. What are they going to do? Sue you in the US from St. Petersburg? Like, come on. What are they going to do? Maybe. It's like, there's no chance. There's no chance. Maybe. Like, they have no power whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the other thing. Is like, well, they could just encrypt the game, you know. And, and I, I'm not an expert, but you know, encryption, bro, just encrypt it, lol. But that's just like more work, you know. If that is something they could do, that's just like more work for them. So it's like I can understand why they probably don't want to do that, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, mm-hmm. maybe that is one solution you should consider. I guess that... this one isn't even. This is like human info, though, right? It's like that's why this is particularly different. If he's just like, if oh, he's right, right, getting right. information out of the game about events or loot drops or you know spawn rates, whatever, that's one thing. But this is like asking people to break NDA. It's like, well, they can't even do anything. He's in the asking game them about to that. break NDA so that way he can get. Like, I'm assuming he wants to get. Actually, I don't know. Actually, I think Why? he just. Well, he said he wanted to find out what version it was. So he wants to like look at the files, I guess, and figure out what. I just want the game f- version they're running. It's pretty vague. It is vague. I don't know what he wants Ax- exactly. All he wants but... is someone with access to ETS, which is that can mean a lot of things. Yeah, I would assume he wants to get the files, the game files. That would be my assumption. Yeah, maybe he wants to look at all the changes. Who knows? I don't know. It's drama. We'll see how it pans drama out. Alert. I don't think anything will happen other than maybe he gets banned, maybe on his main account, but it won't stop him. So, yeah. I don't know what they can do. Like, I don't think BSG can do anything. I don't think that their TOS is enforceable in this way. Like it, you can put stuff in TOS, but what really matters most of the time is whether these things are enforceable. I don't think they can enforce the terms that they have, other than the things within their power, which, as we said, is banning them. 
I don't know, man. It's really weird. It's it's just I just go back to why are we having a a test within a test? You know, I, I just it, it's just kind of weird. That plus the yeah. NDA stuff. Yeah, it it is weird, but I sort of get it. It's almost an admission of the fact that it's not like a fully invader. You know. <laughs> It's an admission of that. It's an admission because the game got too big to just roll out like changes like a normal pre-access beta would. Okay, yeah, sure, but it's just it, that's the thing where it just feels like they're kind of, uh, you know, maybe cheaping out here. You know, maybe they should invest in in a more professional testing to to test some of this stuff, right? Like if. Yeah. If that one guy with the Doge picture is to be taken seriously, that they don't test new features on there, um, you know, it's like technical testing. Like, wouldn't you want professionals doing that? I don't know. As I said, maybe they have both. So who knows? Because this is free, so it doesn't really add anything for them to do it, other than, I guess, the drama, the work to actually do it and track mm-hmm. everything and get something out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Cool. Well, well, let me just say this one final thing. I just, I just feel like if you want to do this, fine, but just make it open to everyone. Like, why does it got to be closed off? Like, I, I personally would love to, to help out where I can. Like, and if it's like going to be meaningful, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but instead, it's like I agree. I have to like send emails and hope that I get in. Like, I've already done it once and i didn't get in so it's like and then and then don't talk about it right it's like there's like this fear of now am i gonna get outed if i talk about it if i'm in with other people that are in is he gonna out me (laughs) yeah it's like you and me are in the ets and we talk about it behind closed doors now it's like oh is he gonna out me am i gonna get it's like it's fear mongering man yeah i mean it's it is taking it is taken seriously as well. Yeah. The NDA. Yeah. Like, let me just say this, because this doesn't bre- breach anything, right? Hold up. But you're, you aren't allowed. Or it's okay. It's not, not allowed, right? You are, it is very, very inadvisable to share screenshots with other people in ETS because it has your account timestamp on the screenshot. Yeah. And that person could send it to someone else. Right, and that like, could, and if, and like, it's your, it's your account on this, on this timestamp, right. right? So if you, if you have to be the only person that owns footage of your ETS, even if you like are talking to somebody else who has ETS, like it's, it's like it's that, it's like it's taken that seriously. But like, people are just like don't send any screenshots, like even in the the you know private chats, right? So you have like, to no send screenshots, it nothing to like the void of BSG and make sure no one else sees it, but only BSG, right? Basically. Hey guys, are you also experiencing this bug? Oh, wait, let me describe it to you. Okay, so like, you know, all right, let's play Pictionary. I'm going to pull up MS Paint. I'm going to draw the... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's weird. weird, dude. I just find it weird. It's so, like, it's such a paranoid kind of like unnecessary overlay over the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. I've never really understood it, but not my call. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. For... This week's Gav Talk. Nice little spicy last minute entry at the end. I know. <laughs> Usually we do drama alert at the front. <laughs> yep. 
All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in as always, and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye.